following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. It's a toast to those who rock on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... Editorial writer, V-Lord GTZ. And some returning guests. Former social media director for Toonami Faithful, Celia Rose. And... Technically, still current, though I haven't done anything in five years. Uh, writer for anime superhero and Toon Zone, uh, Carl Olson, a.k.a. Ultraclastron. <laughs> The nerdcore rapper. Yes. Amongst other things. <laughs> Carl is one of the people I like to tap whenever we're talking about fooly cooly stuff. And he was thankfully uh, available to join us today. Yeah. I was, I, I realized that that fully cooly stuff is probably why I got to write for free and, well, DVD, for DVDs at Toon Zone. Because I think that was one of the things that, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, Ben cited that got me through the door there <laughs> uh, for better or worse and i mean there's plenty of things to <laughs> to, to write about in the case of fooly cooly yeah <laughs> for sure and, and lord is I gracing us with his presence after he just got back from japan yeah somehow the uh jet lag didn't kill me so i'm i'm here with <laughs> just a pile of like manga and everything I bought right next to me because I don't know where to shelve it. Fair. Good problems. Don't be a V-Lord. Don't buy too much manga and art books and not have <laughs> space for it. What do you mean? There's no such thing as too much manga and art books. Absolutely there not. isn't, but there's such a thing as having limited space. Yeah. True. Well, it's a good thing he collects a lot of his manga digitally. Yes, thank you, publishers. <laughs> Getting that free manga. <laughs> so we're here to talk about the second episode of Fooly Cooly Grunge. And apparently it's almost over. There's only three. Is that what it is? Like, is it just like a, a three shot? Yeah. That's confirmed. They literally did not inform anybody of this. You know, uh, obviously internally they did, but... You know, the, the audience didn't find out until they ran a promo for Shoegaze and said it was starting in uh, two weeks. Do we do we know that that means there's do we have the schedules leaked yet? That that means there's no more grunge on the schedule, that it's just done at three. That's not necessarily the case, but uh, both Maki and Jason have said, yeah, it's only three episodes. And so okay, well, they, if, if they said that, oh, <laughs> such a weird choice. Yeah, yeah, As but it. Especially in the wake of episode two. <laughs> it, it does explain why, because the, the episode titles were first known through mm -hmm. Adult Swim Canada's press release, mm -hmm. and they had four episode titles, and the fourth one didn't really fit with the theme of being named after these primary characters. So yeah. could have been nothing, but at the same time, okay, there we go. It's a completely different story that would explain it. But yeah, what a 
what are they thinking? <laughs> oh man, it's, especially considering it's like they this episode confirms they're they very much ejected the pattern that um, alternative and Prague, you know, specifically acted kind of as, as deconstructions, you know, or re- responses, I think, to the original in terms of structure um, and in terms of philosophy. And these are like very clearly just like now just saying like, no, we're just going to we're playing in this world, but to be only three episodes apiece and then not have like a monster of the episode kind of thing, at least so far really in uh grunge and we'll see shoegazes by the same studio that did alternative we'll see how much they're going to continue what they did with alternative versus eject uh that structure as well like i don't know it's just wild it's really weird yeah and with shoegaze so far all the promo material you never see haruko yeah which is a bit it's a very, and that's a choice. That is, it is. Uh, and it aesthetically looks more like a high school slice of life mm-hmm. thing. Not in, 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 in a way, not in the Iyashike way that alternative was very much uh, ultimately tied to, but more just like generic high school anime rom-com maybe i don't know it's, yeah it kind of looks like an anime rom-com done by gynex i mean it's definitely it's just as alternative definitely tried to lean more into maintaining the design palette aesthetic colors like all of the vision as many of the visual cues that fully coolie has that aren't that are more I don't want to say contextual, but they're just they're not they're not they're not they're not they're not the forward parts. They're the background parts that you that, that mm-hmm. you know operate that lower level, semi subliminally. Uh, we're seeing that again here, like with the with it with the shoegaze leak. Let's not talk about episode two. Let's just talk about the leak. Of the <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's actually talk about this second episode, which is a much better episode. I I actually quite enjoyed this episode. I thought. Focusing on the two brothers, Shonari and Dainari, gave you, um, you know, something that would pull at the heartstrings and also had more of the quality, mundane, day-to-day stuff. And then you also have some bits with Orinoko and looking for iron ore, which she's pretty sure she's never going to find on the rest of the planet because it's gone, I guess. But no, she does find some. I mean, that's what, how else do you make giant (laughs) irons, right? Yeah, well, yeah. It kind of follows. Mm-hmm. I don't I have no idea if that's the idea, but like that's part of it. I was like, well, you know what? Yeah, you know, I can I, I can see that. where it's going. <laughs> um I don't, I don't know so. if I would call it better or worse. It's very interesting. They're kind of doing a it, the implication is we're kind of getting a Rashomon thing. Like I compared it to Gunslinger Girl on um Blue Sky which was just sort of an immediate gut reaction because it had an episode one, two that were just clearly different perspectives on the same little bit of scenario. And we're kind of getting that here, but I mean, obviously if we only have three episodes, then we're going to get our third perspective. And then that will be that, I guess. I, yeah, it's kind of more like one long convoluted episode as opposed to three separate ones. Uh, well, and it's again, it's not episodic in the way that fully coolly was very much built around these like uh, 
it's a full it's it's the whole Dan Harmon story circle thing before Dan Harmon brought that more into to uh, you know comment I, I want to say popular uh online discourse like it obviously goes back to you know like he like he'll be the first person to say well no that's actually the monomyth and all that kind of stuff and fully clue was built around like yeah each of these episodes kind of like has its you know beginning middle end peak you know loss conflict you know resolution and this is not that so far and I, it can't be like we're not going to it's we're seeing this it's like a tarantino film really is what we're getting which is very different from fully cooling <laughs> yes right i mean i agree with sketch in that it's it feels better than the first episode because now we have a clear idea of what grunge is trying to accomplish mm-hmm. you know when we were talking about the first episode it really felt like it was trying to follow a similar pattern and like similar uh aesthetics to the original one and wasn't really getting it but now that it's clearer that they're trying to take a multi-perspective uh take on one event that's happening to everybody which is basically the climactic event now i'm like okay i know where the story's going however since it's so short i'm like how are they going to accomplish this in a way that's not going to completely rush the story through i mean so that it it actually makes sense and has somewhat of a payoff instead of just shoving everyone through it to get to the end it is interesting because you know it's being billed in media as a prequel um but it as in as much as it functions may function that way by the time it's we're done with it um it is definitely built around and again it like it's one of those things where i think episode one now in a rewatch for a lot of people will feel better be with the context of like oh i'm getting this like i said this roshomon style three perspectives thing going because then it's also counting on you having the same kind of the viewer being very familiar with at least the original series and there's a bunch of visual quotation from the two uh, you know sequels spinoffs however they fit into the continuity as well such that they're like basically counting on like, yeah, we can just show you a bunch of this stuff that we know, you know, as the viewer is the signifier of these climactic events. We're just like, we can basically say like, we don't have to, we don't have to do the first five. We can do the first six from three perspectives of people in there and trust that you're going to have the rest of the context. Um, I will say it's very interesting. Then that, that now being basically the first anime, I think more or less, you know rick and morty anime uh, episodes aside being aired here <laughs> on adult swim canada where fully clean never aired on television nor did um alt or prog even though they could have um because adult swim canada existed by that point um and with no plans as far as i know to air them and with the physicals for those being I don't want to say limited availability, but it's like the second I have to be like, I it's like it's sunrise records, which is like, uh, you know, a, a mall store chain up here. Like if they're the only people who are carrying it, who's going to get their hands on it, except for hardcore fans. Anyways, it's a very weird way to introduce everybody to fully Cooley this particular show. <laughs> I don't know how, mm, like, right. however, how, like, however it's being received in the States, it's got to be like outside of people like me who are already familiar um perhaps too much so i how i would love to hear from somebody who's like you know 
a teenager staying up and seeing this and like what the reaction is like what the, <laughs> how how does this how does this play because it like to you know to some extent that was there with the original fully coolly it hinges so much on you knowing to 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 get everything you, to to get everything out of it you have to have uh, some sense of the pop culture of the time and then also really Gynax's tropes and bits where you can be like ah they're going to they're they're going to do they're going to do Ava in 6 they're going to we're going to get we're going to hit some of those same big coming of age things but like tight and so that they can be super condensed and just visual with what they're saying and this is kind of doing that but even more so but now we're now we're like double layers of context here and like, how does that work for a first run audience? Probably not well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it uh... makes a lot of sense why Adult Swim went through and aired all of that stuff leading into this. It wasn't just promo. It's like almost mm -hmm. like just in case you forgot, because you, you will have and you will have grown probably if like the last time you watched it was when it aired. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been five years yeah. since the sequels. And yeah, if it's the last time you watched the sequels was five years ago you need to watch them again. Like I actually after this have gone back and started to rewatch the sequels. And I'm like one taking it back, like how much they really tried to lean into the original structure versus obviously grunge's full on rejection of it. Uh, but then from the other side of it, um, just sort of like everything that I saw in those two shows then, and just sort of like all the additional stuff I'm seeing. And now having read more, analysis of it and you're just like oh wow like they did they were actually pretty clever with this but then it's all stuff that's like i said they're throwing all of this stuff these notes into grunge as if like yeah you watch that so we all only have to reference it we just have to say it exists space travel yeah people are leaving earth yeah we said that in alternative you don't need to we're not going to go into it <laughs> it's just part of the game well now i do see that for alternative but are you seeing something reminiscent of progressive because i'm um the I'm fact not... that it's that the fact it's the fact that the earth is a, is a garbage hellhole is uh ah. scattered throughout progressive certainly the second episode where um oh yeah the uh, e days working in what literally uh when i first watched it i'm like wow this is just sh almost shot for shot from some nhk documentaries on like e-waste recycling uh in various places around the earth where it's basically you'd be like that's what e -Day, that's what da's e job was <laughs> yeah. just dealing with that kind of uh, brutal toxic labor um and like again like they're they literally you know they're talking about this place being a garbage dump where you're throwing bodies in the water and you're not sure if that's improving the quality of the water around you and there's no natural resources left like there's <laughs> that's a through line very much to Prague, um more than it is to anything else um, and again, it's like the fact that you don't even see it is part of what I'm saying. Like there's a lot, it's counting a lot on the viewer having this stuff in memory, the same way fully coolly counted on you being like, Hey, remember that it referenced to an obscure Japanese soda. Yeah. That's a plot essential. Uh, you know, like here, here's, 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 a, here's like a, a 30 second set of flashing images that actually explain what happened in Firestarter and so on. Mm. Uh, it's, it's structurally not following the big politically beats, but it's leaning on the same storytelling uh, technical pieces of you have to have all this context. It's mm -hmm. weird. Um, it's why I'm like, I can't, I, I can't say whether episode two is better than episode one, because I'm like, 
if there's three episodes, it's clearly uh, it's probably really intended more to be a short film. Like I got a sneaking suspicion, like when this debuts in Japan, we're going to have a two hour long thing. That's basically the 60 minutes of, because, you know, you start to take end credits off and, and these things, you're going to have the 60 minutes of uh, grunge and you'll have the 60 ish minutes of Prague or, or not Prague shoegaze. And mm-hmm. that's 120 minutes. That's the th- theatrical. Yeah. They played the other I, ones. Yeah. I theater. mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they shut, if they smash them all into compilation films anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, you know, because they're they, OVAs. So. Well, well, they literally did that for Japan. For the debut, it was theatrical debut as opposed to um, streaming or anything, is my understanding. Yeah, or alternative and progressive, but so, separately because it was longer. So I wonder if their whole thing here is, oh, let's make it like. Just uh, one. <laughs> no, Maybe. with the aesthetic differences, I doubt they'll be the same film. Yeah, oh, I kind of uh, feel that it's, way. It's more likely that they'll be separated into two compilation films and then screened separately, just because cohesively they don't work together. I don't know. I could, I could see them see going. Them. I could see them going grindhouse model on that, and again, that plays back to the the Tarantino esque feel of the story layout. Ah, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Like it's like, and like I said, that may be production IG's call, and I don't know enough about Japanese the Japanese cinema market to say what would be preferable or whether people would have a tolerance for like 60 minute showings versus trying to like book the theater. I mean, they've they're... done them before. I mean, when mm-hmm. Macross sevens OVA was screened in theaters, that OVA is only like 40 minutes long. <laughs> people there you still go. Had Fair to enough. <laughs> pay full price to watch it in the theater. So <laughs> that's where I'm like, yeah, I doubt they'll put them together because they look so different. And since they're containing grunge to one story, yeah. I could see them being like, well, watch Grunge and then watch Shoegaze, like mm-hmm. maybe as a double feature, screen one once for a limited time and then screen mm-hmm. the other one for a limited time, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see them do like similar to what's uh, happening with like the Gurren Lagann movies right now in Japan. Or like one of them's the first one's coming out like a bit earlier, but then there's like an overlap where you can like watch both at the same time. So I could see that oh. being the possibility for this. So yeah, Lord. I think so too. What did you? What was your initial impressions when you saw the first episode? So my initial impressions was this is a solid it, like <laughs> yes, it's pretty mid. <laughs> I was like, okay, I wasn't expecting a, a ton from this, but I mean, like, I don't know. It, it's just been very hard for me to get invested in anything that's going on. I yeah. do think some of, like, the comedic bits are kind of funny, but, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of, like, uh, with Celia on this, where I think, like, the second episode definitely gave me a better idea of, like, what the structure is. And now that I know the structure, I'm a bit more invested. But at the same time, the fact that there's only one more episode definitely makes me and curious. Buzzkill. Yeah, buzzkill. But also curious and concerned about, like, how exactly is this going to wrap up neatly or yeah. will it wrap up neatly? And they say the next episode is going to be about Orinoco, but we already have a pretty good amount of screen time for her. So maybe it's not going to be that much about her and more about the whatever's going on in the climax here. 
it would be really funny if it was super centered on her and then like the climax is just like five like just like the the five minutes that we always sort of get at the end of a fully coli where there's a you know okay <laughs> there's the thing that da, 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 and then the three of them are there and they're like well who's going to take the ticket to space and they're like give it to like orinoco or something like that and they're just like you know like i could i i don't want to rule that out of them just being like we've completely you know subverted I any totally and all expectations i could totally see that um <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's very strange. It's so, uh, like, it's, it's funny because, like, from an anal, from, you know, from digging into, and uh, digging into it as an analysis standpoint, the other two are very, for me, easy to read. Is okay. We're doing these reflections. This is, well, you, I can't, I can't start that early. It's so short and self-contained. It's like I don't know if I'll like this until the credits roll. Mm-hmm. Um. Because like otherwise, in terms of aesthetic and stuff, like yeah, it's the CG's fun. Um, at that, the design changes and stuff are obviously not going to be for everybody, but at least they're they're playing around with it. They seem to be for a studio that seems to be made up of largely teams and people who have maybe worked on CG, maybe for some very high profile things. Like one of the like one of the CG directors like has worked on Precure CG and stuff. So it's like these aren't people who haven't are totally have no background, but like this is the first thing they're really getting to like do from whole cloth Mont Blanc effectively this is their project this is their debut and I can't say that regard you know regardless of how it ends I'm curious to see what they're going to do next but I don't know what this is yet I haven't I, I can't there's nothing there's no other than the the general pacing of these kind of multi viewpoint stories I don't know what they why they're citing all of the fully cool visual yet. Is it just there so that like the audience feels secure, or is or is there going to be a turn here in episode three that makes this all lock in and make sense? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the questions continue. <laughs> I, I mean, I like that like we've amped up Haruko's manipulation to just this almost hilarious extreme it's like you know obviously like running game in the original ova on everybody and then in Prague, being the school teacher who's just sitting there trying to figure out which kids she can manipulate into stuff um and being weirdly sincere and kind and alternative um a lot of the time you know i mean basically telling now Conor. she's moonlighting as two different mistresses. Two, two different mistresses working in a working in a working in a cabaret um, slash uh, escort service kind of place. Uh, still, like just assaulting children everywhere, just nonstop. It is. It is. You know. It's like it's. That's the flip side of this hyper condensation. Is it's interesting to see almost this impressionistic version of Haruko. It's like, yeah, that's what she does. Like, this is, this is, this is the, that that's her day to day. And you don't have to like meditate on it because we've seen it. We've, we've seen the various nuanced faceted versions of this. And that's just kind of a background or a setting to, we got to figure out how Shimpachi and Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the Shonari. Shonari's stakes then intersect with Orinoco's and then, you know, is Haruko th at this point so much of a, a chaos trickster god that it's just like these are why, you know, she's no, she's never the, she never was the relatable character. Do you just 
go completely through the roof with that and then just sort of see how these people play out and right at the climax. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a very different choice. Um, so far, it, it feels like Shonari's got a bit of an arc going, and Orioko has the start of one, but Shin is still kind of, eh? <laughs> I mean, it's tough because the, it's, Shin is apparently supposed to be the most biographical kind of character in it for the director. And the the dad the character's dad is supposed to be very much like his father, um, mm. and there is a thesis statement aspect to Shinpachi as a character. Like when he says, "Like I'm going to go on my own path," and it's like this is clearly a fully Kuliani on on much more its own path from the start than the other two sequel spinoff whatevers. Um, yeah, I mean, it, if 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 his if his only goal is to kind of be the representation of that within the context of this story, we're not. He's not going to be as relatable as either of the his his friends who are actually the 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 deeper, more nuanced characters who people can connect with. Um, it's an enigma that exists there to sort of have everyone else play off of. Like you almost get into like um, SSS Gridman territory. Right, you almost get into like where it's like the the lead guy is just the lead guy. The character you actually care about is like the villain. <laughs> that's that's what's where the meat is, um, hmm. and maybe that's kind of what we're going to see here. But it's just that would be so much easier for the audience to get in six episodes, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because we have a cast that's arguably as it's nearly the size as the kind of primary secondary cast that exist in in Alton Prague, but they each had a lot more breathing room to kind of fill in the gaps. Um yeah, it's like they they took the nose that that Prague maybe took too long to go anywhere and decided, okay, we could do it in half the time. I mean that's also <laughs> a very fully cooly thing. It's a very cooly fully cooly thing to be like I, uh, you know what? I've told the best anime, and it's this long. No, I've told the best anime, and it's this long. And then you just keep going shorter and shorter. And like, so like, you know, when we do like the tenth fully coolie sequel, it's just like a, a ten minute YouTube short, and it, it requires the, ent- the entire context of the previous nine. Um, but it's uh, it's 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 an absolute work of art, and gets compared to, to Truffaut's four hundred blows. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. It's such a like I would never have called that they're going to do three and three. Oh, no. it breaks it breaks all of the rest of my like thinking about how this is going to flow because I could see like, oh, we're going to do one, two, three of their sort of perspectives and then another one, two, three of their perspectives for the climax. Like I could see it kind of built that way in mm-hmm. a almost just short of an endless eight Haruhi thing, but with a lot more, you know, a lot more, you know, with all the, with all that, with all the pomp and circumstance and fun and visual flair of a fully coolie and all of the, you know, attempted intellectual weight thereof. Uh, but three, <laughs> I mean, even four would be better. Well, yeah. Cause then you do one, two, three, and then finale. Where they're all together. together and you see a singular perspective. 
Right, because there has to be a conclusion to the character arcs they've introduced, even if they're really short. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like I said, like the weird, actually, the weirdest way it would end is, is that like, again, you have them all heading to the factory, right? So far, that's been our two endings have been on our way to the factory. And if we just had literally, what are they going to get to the fireworks factory? If they literally just did, ended and they didn't get to the fireworks factory. Oh my God. Again, at that point though, could I be mad at it? <laughs> just be kind of like impressed. Um, Epic trolling. I mean, it's, it'd be upsetting from one angle because it's like, uh, that's the other thing that's weird about like when the first two aired all of the dirt about how IG ended up with the fully coolly IP off of Gynex hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Now with the context of that, it makes any sort of sense of using fully coolly in a meta way to poke fun at any of its sacred cows or how it's been built up as a sacred cow over the past 20 plus years now uh a lot more of a questionable move that's something that you know if this were still kazuya suramaki's baby he'd be free to do and if this was you know a kara studios project um yeah they're that kind of approach to it feels okay when it's somebody else's ip that was kind of finessed out from under them to the not to the knowledge of either, you know, like IG didn't realize that that was the the deal, and Gynex didn't. When it's Gynex, uh, Kara didn't know that was the deal until it was too late. Like I don't want to like relitigate that or talk about. It. It's like, but just like it, then that it, that's its own weird set of every question about like how a production is working then sort of gets bounced back. But like, all right, how is that being affected by the circumstances which which brought it forward? in a way that isn't the fun the circumstances that brought the original fully coolie forward was basically ano and suramaki getting drinks or dinner after work and sort of throwing the gauntlet down at each other in a sense of brotherly rivalry in a sense that's a very different story than uh debts and uh, cross studio intrigue (laughs) Uh, and getting mm-hmm. ste- stepping into the middle of it on accident uh, on the part of Adult Swim, <laughs> and then just kind of having to roll with it. Yeah. The, the perspective, though, of like, let's use this to like to poke at some of the things that made Fully Cooly what it is, and show people that they they're subverting it intentionally and stuff doesn't really make sense when it's so old, like. There aren't very many Americans who remember Fully Cooly anymore. The last, like, I, there are a lot of people who watched it when it was on Adult Swim the first time in, like, the mm-hmm. mid-2000s. Um, and then, like, it came out in the late 90s, and people were watching it through anime clubs and stuff, but a lot of those people have already left anime fandom yeah. or are at a point now where they've forgotten about the six-episode OVA series. In Japan, the knowledge of it, the, or not knowledge, but, like, the fandom for it is so tiny because it was a direct-to-home video release. So it's not even like you're taking this, like, really big, popular title and going, yeah. look at us subvert this. Yeah. So from that perspective, I'm like, then why? No one, well, not no one, but very few people remember this show anymore. So I mean, it, it kind of doesn't it, make sense to do that. 
it's it's weird in the states because it did air on and off on TV from the first time it aired on TV. Like Adult Swim always would keep bringing it back here and uh, here and again for a long time because uh, it is, you know, obviously not as much to play with as Cowboy Bebop, but like Cowboy Bebop, it's the kind of thing you can throw on and it reliably gets its audience. Yeah, which is part of why any Saturday for forever. Right. It's um, (laughs) which is part of why you would fund more of it because you can think like, hey, if we can put some more of this there and we do it right, we have we can start to pull it over to being where Cowboy Bebop is and having enough of it that you can kind of essentially say, you know, cycle for half the year, half a year off, cycle for half a year, half the year off, and just do that forever. Um. I get that from just a raw technical program standpoint. Uh, but you're right. You're right. The 24 episodes. Well, that's what we thought we were going to get. Weren't, weren't we? No, it would have been 30. It would, it would have been 30. And yes, this does leave us at 24 in a very weird way. Yeah. That's so strange. Like, and again, that gets into like, was this a technical choice? Yeah. But then gets us back into, is this a technical choice of saying we want to have something that's now a 24 episode series that drops in for our endless cycle, which, okay. Maybe, but they actually, for the better part of five years, didn't rerun the other two, which is an odd choice. I know. And it's also, I mean, we're also like, we have no idea where it's going to stream. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Japanese versions. That's because the whole Crunchyroll thing's dissolved. But, like, I'm sure they'll show up on Max eventually. Oh, that'll be useful. That'll be totally <laughs> convenient for <laughs> so international audience. International audiences, yeah. yes. Well, yeah, you don't get the Japanese version of Housing Complex C in Canada, do you? I mean, there's a lot we there's a lot of things that are just AWOL in Canada uh, in very weird ways uh, when it comes to Adult Swim. Um, it's also just to, on an aesthetic note, it's been miserable to watch that um, on Adult Swim Canada because it has um, too many ad breaks, just straight up. It's just it has ad breaks in weird spaces. Oh, that's um, no good. That messes with the flow entirely. Yeah. And, and it's still, they... and it has the exact same ad breaks in the exact same spaces when you go to watch the on demand as well. Oh, that's disgusting. Ew. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's bad. Um, and I, and it, the thing is, is again, I don't. Uh, what, uh, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, if I've missed this, but there's no eye catches, um, on grunge in the mid in mid episode, is there? Not on the U.S. broadcasts. Yeah, not for us it's, either. It's not that way on on Max either, because that's how I've been watching it. Is just mm-hmm. watching the episode completely on Max the next day. Is it? It just nice? goes all the way through. Oh, lucky. Hmm. On the global app, it does stream. Uh, if you have the global app and you have a friend with a, a, a cable login, shout out homie Jesse Betridge and Zonin Canada podcast. Uh, yeah, you can watch it on the global app on, on your smart TV. But yeah, it has all of the exact hmm. same ad breaks. And I was worried that like maybe we were losing eye catches or some of that. But that's another thing where it's like the fact there's no eye catches. There's just the episode cold open so far for episode two and i'll I assume we'll get the same thing for three really feels like okay this was built like a film because <laughs> we had like an opening credit mm. sequence with I like don't... credits and stuff on episode I... one we did not have an opening credit sequence with credits and stuff on episode two and then 
I, I do wonder if like the whole structure will turn out to be just like, I mm. wonder if like it'll flow better when you can just watch it through. I think so. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think progressive and alternative had eye catches. No, they did. I went, I, like I said, I went back and rewatched them. Like they definitely had some, oh. some, some mid rolls. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we sure didn't see those in the tsunami broadcast. Uh, speaking of broadcast. So, on Toonami, we got a glimpse at Shoegaze during the first break. Well, during, yeah, during the first break of uh, Fooly Cooly Grunge uh, episode two. But was there like any kind of promo for Shoegaze? If it on was Adults there, Canada? I, if it was there, I missed it. Yeah, um, probably possi- not then. And because um, it was had... all Toonami wraparound, it was Tom and Sarah introducing it. Yeah. So. I mean, we weren't going to get that. No. If you compare um, the the promo that they ran in Canada to the U.S. one for grunge, it's pretty much the same, only it doesn't mention Toonami or HBO Max. Max, rather. Yeah. No, they specifically just tag in, like, the uh, related global yeah. property yeah. apps mm-hmm. um, in place of Max, which makes sense. But, um, again, I mean, this is another thing where, like, losing the Toonami, you know, packaging here not having that yet for anything not despite probably having enough anime that they could theoretically at least run an an hour of toonami uh, yeah. on saturdays with like you know some wraparound and just sort of like they could run like Fena and housing complex and um jesse was telling me totally. they were running black lotus and housing complex for the better part of the summer yeah i guess i should say this isn't the first anime they've had on there they were running stuff but i'm just like it's not it's all in a weird vacuum. It's very strange to like hard dump mm-hmm. in and out from like, here's an yeah. episode of King of the Hill, fully coolly. And here's <laughs> Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just on its, its, its own, its own world. Just kind of interesting thing to me is that uh, Black Lotus can't air in the U S anymore, but it was airing in Canada up until recently. So yeah, uh, contracts being different and all that, but yeah, still I mean, curious. Don't think that they can play Fena now that uh, the U.S. wrote it off, but maybe. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, and same goes weird. with Shenmue. Oh, Shenmue. All this, all this lost media. Yeah. <laughs> um, whole, whole other problem that I don't even want to start to like think about. Oh boy, tell me about it. Uh, uh, I should talk more about this episode. It is really yeah. well done. It's a very nice tribute to like um, the whole Yakuza genre of of film. It's yeah. interesting to see these alien characters brought in. They do actually add a bit to the lore because it's like clearly they have seen medical Mechanica turn out before. And yeah, yeah. Start trouble. was really upset when the yeah. iron came down. You know, it's kind of it, and again that it's it's kind of neat to see the typical backstory is just played in like, uh, you know, this stuff, we could show you it in five minutes mm. that uh, I, I like that. Cause there's, there's aspects of the original show that were like, you, you have this context from like watching Ava Gundam, Nadia, et cetera. You've seen, you've, you don't, we don't need to tell you, we don't need to show you what the big bad is. You just know that like metal mechanic is that kind of big bad. You don't have to, you don't don't sweat the details. And it's doing some of that here with fully coolly stuff. And I think that's kind of clever. (laughs) 
um, if I'm putting it upon the viewer to like, you better watch these other shows. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's asking a lot of its viewers. Um, I, uh, you know, you want to if you if like my biggest honestly, my biggest nitpick so far is I don't really like the Amaro recast. Uh, yeah. But I don't I, know what you can do there. <laughs> find somebody that was doing a more convincing Dave Mello. <laughs> yeah. It's like Aaron LaPlante is a fine actor, but I, I don't know what's going on with that. He was a little better in this one. A little. His his line reads were a bit more also, tolerable this time. Also had some funnier things to do. Just yeah. fighting. And this, he had this, a pretty the back good and forth scream. with the cops was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm from the immigration bro. And I said, <laughs> I love it. Might night Sister Nicholas is that cop. <laughs> I recognize Dean Venture anywhere. Oh my uh, gosh. And they're like, he's got a gun. Like, well, no, <laughs> no, it's just a cell phone. Turns out it is a gun. <laughs> just, of There's, course, of course it's a gun. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, that's a callback. You know, the original show had like guns turning up out of nowhere and big mm -hmm. guns fights. You know, it's like it's not. And we see how he loses his eyebrows. <laughs> yes, that's actually what made me wonder if this was a prequel after all or not. Maybe it is a prequel. Because I, would, I haven't be hilarious seen that's progressive the only or alternative. So, I mean, like, you know, it's hard for me to say where this would fit in time. I mean, I guess since we're seeing a, a theoretically younger Amaro, this is ostensibly pre-original series um right uh, in the original series he's not with medical mechanica right uh well no he's 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 interstellar immigration the whole time yeah so this is playing into like he's junior interstellar immigration i guess right at that point and then he's more uh you know senior interstellar immigration by the time we see him in the original series um which is interesting. We have not seen Haruko and Amuro yet interact either. So oh. maybe it's something we'll get in episode three. Here you must have been thinking that she was the one who shaved off his eyebrows. Yeah. But no, it was Shonari. Yeah. He also cut up the glasses. He uh, fucked up everything. He was, <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just a schoolboy and I help my brother dump bodies. He's like, you, are, you have hands with that sword. You have. How is he so good with it when he just got it? <laughs> Again, it's fully clear. Do you really do you need a training montage? Do you care? Does that narratively add anything? <laughs> I mean, it, it could. It could. That sword is that, so yeah. sharp that it can cut a rock. <laughs> well, fully oh, coolie's always been about rule of cool, anyways. Yeah. Right. Right. And that so is definitely that's rule exactly of cool. how. And that's where I was watching this, and I'm like, okay, this feels a little bit more like it's actually. It feels more like what I expected it to be because it was sillier. There were more visual gags. There were was more rule of cool in that wasn't just look at this gunfight or this sword fight. Um, mm -hmm. Still kind of waiting for uh, Haruko's guitar to make an appearance, but well, otherwise, it, yeah, and again, know? like we so far, she has been shown with everything but a guitar, and the she's got here. Well, she's got the Vespa, but you would think she'd have the Vespa stashed with the thing no she goes and specifically nicks uh shinari's sword but she has conked the boy she has conked shimpachi and there's quite a large something there hasn't been a robot yet we have precedence from alternative uh could be a guitar could be a guitar 
I mean, I mean, there's presidents obviously in the original series as well, but it's like in terms of recent things, it's like you could say there's the guitar. Um, yeah, in terms of the way this feels like a, in the way where this where this lines up in the chronology to the extent to which there's a chronology, it's all like yeah, this is clearly before the original series. Alternative has people leaving for space, but the Earth doesn't seem completely wrecked yet, so that maybe sits even further back. Prague definitely has a trashed Earth, so maybe that's sitting and a very competent system of people trying to gather NO and build their own robots. So that seems like it would be after the original series. And maybe just we don't see much of the trashed Earth in the original series or the space travel because it's already considered normalized there. Mm -hmm. Or it's, you know, the last 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 ships are already are, are already gone. Reasonable enough. I guess. And then we can see where Shoegaze drops in there. Shoegaze looks so much like a present day thing from what little we've seen of it that it's hard to say this also like i don't even want to start to get into the technology back and forths of people having like classic cons <laughs> gaming consoles in the original fully coolly a tablet uh in uh grunge and then we've got you know very specifically broken ipod cell phone and stuff an alternative Ugh. <laughs> it's not earth it's not earth or it's like it's it's not it's don't try and like connect it into like whatever timelines here exists it's got to be earth because his dad wrote because remember now it is dad wrote uh ava dojin that was the whole bit or fanzines oh right right mm -hmm. that's true though again could be back to rule of cool and again just trying to <laughs> what's the I'm Gynex. I need a shorthand to explain just how much of a, uh, an annoying nerd and, and jackass now his dad is. Ah, uh, it's like these guys. Everybody who watches this <laughs> this this niche OVA will know exactly what we mean. We don't need to show it. We can just say it in this fucking half sentence line. Good to go. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of that here. Um, but it's the half sentence line is like this is something from from some other part of fully coolly this is this yeah, this this particular shot you've seen that shot here and another fully coolly you know you've seen this setting here and another one like it's so condensed unlike my discussion here <laughs> yep <laughs> i'll shut up and let other people talk for a second <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i was just pretty amused that the that the yakuza war though it started before such it it really escalated when uh Samueda's cat was was <laughs> lured away with cat treats catnip and churu which is apparently now illegal and succumbed to diabetes <laughs> and they were uh, then things uh intensified also why does uh, Samueda no uh Keishibishi's wife in that one image look kind of like Nami <laughs> one piece i don't know i'm seeing it <laughs> supposed from the right angle she kind of looks like haruko too but oh just i get it i mean of course you would go to war over a beloved cat it it makes perfect sense you never mess with people's cats yeah it's true it's true exactly but it's come to diabetes oh man and again cats being an ongoing thing hidden in the background of fully coolie stuff like, yeah, there's, yeah. There, there has been a cat that's popped, a little black cat that's popped yeah, they, up. Yeah, they brought back Kuro and Echo to have in stuff, which was very much an original series thing. But then, of course, there was also that large cat of, yes, uh, you know. So, so it's like it's it's a it's an it's a, it's again a subtle these little subtle through lines they're trying to call back to. 
Um, it's also just funny that they censored Churu. <laughs> like, I don't know why that delighted me. Even just like, <laughs> of all the things to censor in a show where it's all like, mm-hmm, that that forever 19-year-old's uh, uh, kind of molesting kids again. It's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Churu, no. Brand no, name. we can't. We can't uh, have that. So, so they don't have to pay for the rights to name the brand. <laughs> I guess. Also, That's they don't why it's be, to save money. Save money. Well, also the brand be like, oh, we don't really want to be associated with your brand. Yeah. <laughs> also, it, God, even that might be a little bit of a fully coolie nod, because in the original fully coolie, there's a scene where now just drinking some sort of weird konyaku, you know, packet drink thing that was originally supposed to be paid product placement. So they go through all this effort to animate it in, and then they pulled out last minute, and they're like, we can't afford to cut it, so they just leave the shot in. So having a named product specifically removed even is a bit of a like that's what i'm saying like i don't know to what extent this is self-referential as this like okay if fully clearly was this love letter to like gynax's typical coming of age arcs is this now this have, have is this now meta from the other direction can we be can we can we talk about fully clearly that way at least amongst its hardcore fans where you can start to say like we're going to reference these things and the way it referenced other stuff is that is it is the structure there to build that um and is anybody patient enough to like sit down and tease that out um versus just being reactionary like looks different isn't what i would have wanted and it don't like it didn't need any more of it and just shut it down and then do it like three hour youtube rant about how they don't like this thing exists ruining my childhood Maybe uh, if the pacing wasn't so fast, I could see clear. it the trying to do stuff fast. with the meta. <laughs> I mean, sort of. Like I watched, I rewatched the original one last weekend, mm. and like it's fast, but there's still times where things get to breathe. Like even yeah. the meta jokes, as quick as they are, like using the the toy Gundam to fix the Vespa and those yeah. kinds of things, they have enough time on screen for you to mm. go. Oh, that's funny. She's using a Gundam toy as a tool. Yeah. You know, because the people who worked on it are massive Gundam fans. So, right. like, if grunge actually took a breath. Yeah. Instead of doing what it feels like it's doing, which is take a breath, hold it in until we get to the stopping point. Yeah. And now you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. Then I would be like, okay, they could, I think they could successfully do that kind of meta thing. But there's yeah. just no time. Yeah. It is funny that, um, in terms of like music, they're naming these things after music, uh, types of rock music, right? Movements, genres, things that have very specific sounds, tonalities, pacing. And to me, grunge music, having been a literal child during the grunge era in Seattle growing up, um, is very much based on these sort of loud, soft patterns of acts like the Pixies. And original Fully Cooley was very good at tapping into that. Like you'd have these very quiet moments, very pensive moments, and then these huge crescendos and then back to very quiet moments and so on and and so forth. And it's the same pattern that you, the same build and rise you have in Smells Like Teen Spirit. Um, But the flip side of it is this. There are other Nirvana songs that are just basically punk rock songs that are just four to the floor the whole time, just nonstop. And that's definitely the kind of grunge we're getting here. Um, for sure, uh, it's very weird to um, to see it in action. And again, it's it's an open question. It's like how far can you get away from 
as core what 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 are core aesthetic aspects of fully coolie before you're like well why did you even bother to call it that even if you're still in the same continuity mm. um you know uh, and again that's that's an episode three question um, you know do you stick the landing to celia last week of what genre of music do you think this show more correctly represents than grunge I, it's it's difficult because like uh, you know like i i listened to a lot of grunge <laughs> obviously growing up and so i can say like you know is this smells like teen spirit no is this lithium no is this like you know i could start like listing nirvana songs or like i can start listening pearl jam songs and like is this is jeremy is this uh even flow is this things like no like if this is any grunge song this is you know if this is a nirvana song it's territorial pissings or it's radio friendly unit shifter like it's just it's it's in your face just non-stop you know going at least 140 160 bpm straight just like double kick snare kind of stuff it's if it's pearl jam it's it's not you know uh anything off the 10 it's been the black circle off of vitology uh it's just straight going for it um and it's like going to be like you know and like those like those songs that i mentioned that that most closely represents they're basically two minute punk songs you know like that's what it is like it's you know but grunge part of what grunge is it did fuse all these things there's prog elements there are are, uh elements that would go on to influence like midwest emo and stuff like that like you have um there's a bunch of other things that come out of it but like what went into it was broader than is sometimes certainly how it's been condensed to now that grunge is dear lord classic radio fodder (laughs) Um, and once you're clear channel programming for that, all of these harder edges, all these things where it's all like, you know, bad brains was a large influence on these bands. You know, you could start to like, say like all these other harder edges, they're not pulling album cuts out out there, or if they are, they're the softer ones. They're the ones that you can have on the background. You'll pull out Polly, even though it isn't a single, because it's a nice acoustic song, even though it's about a very bleak topic. Um, but you're not going to pull out, like I said, you you know, you're not you're not going into the the deeper cuts on in utero that are like super squelchy and super nasty. You're going to play heart shaped box, and again, heart shaped box is it's nice, no distortion pedal, distortion pedal, no distortion pedal, distortion pedal, and like again, that's very much how original fully clue was built. It's part of why the pillows has always worked for it as an act because they are this pastiche of '90s rock band. They have things that sound exactly like Oasis Britpop. You could literally probably drop Liam Gallagher's vocals over some of those songs, and you'd be like, "Oh, that must have, that must have been a lost Oasis single." They have things that sound exactly like uh, Pavement. You you could easily drop into, you know, play after radio. You wonder why they're not singing about Giddy Lee, all that kind of stuff. They're they're the, they're a band that's ideal for for the thesis that has been it originally had and has been hammered into. But we'll have to, you know. Here's the good thing. Here's the thing about a two minute punk song is you don't really know it's good until you see how it ends. If it ends with the right kind of like rush and kick at the end and, you know, like they just, you know, they hammer on their instruments or something, or it just hits right at the end of that beat and it's tight. Cool. That that's the catharsis. We don't, <laughs> they really remains to be seen if they're going to land that catharsis here. Hmm. Um, and that's been what fully they, fully punk. it probably should have been fully, fully punk, but then that sets a whole, that, Oh man, which era of punk? 
Are uh, we talking 1970s? Like, or I mean, even in the era, are you talking New York punk or are you talking UK punk? Because, you know, they're both going to fight and the Ramones and the Sex Pistols are very different aesthetics after all. So grunge is kind of convenient because you can start because I can it's a it was always an amorphous term. Like when the fact that like grunge slang was something that was invented when a New York Times writer called up the offices of Sub Pop in Seattle uh, in the early 90s and got a receptionist that basically told the uh, the uh, reporter a whole bunch of goofy lies and they just printed them unchecked. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's kind of what, you know, for something that is ostensibly breaking with all of its prior theses in some ways, while also still referencing them. That is kind of grunge. Grunge breaks with a bunch of prior rock theses, especially coming out of the 1980s where you had, you know, alternative rock was becoming this already weird eccentric thing through acts like uh, They Might Be Giants. And then rock, rock, stadium rock was this hair metal stuff. And then you have, you know, an underground punk scene. And grunge just gets to kind of pull all these bits together and then gets kind of rebranded as 90s alternative because it's a little easier and a little broader and it isn't Seattle specific. But still, it is this, but it is, it is an era, it is a type of rock music that complete understanding of it is in some ways contingent upon knowing prior references. And this is a fully coolie wherein complete understanding of it is absolutely contingent on knowing its influences. All right, so you're going to write much. the review for this show for our website? <laughs> Am I going to write another 5,000-word a- essay that DeMarco uh, reposts? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want to. <laughs> I mean, it's a thought. I actually, I never I never did that for Alternative, and I'm glad I didn't because um, I think it was Anime Feminist did a breakdown on it, uh, specifically in terms of it being a queer narrative, and I'm like, Oh shit! Yeah, that's exactly it. And I couldn't have written that article. They they nailed it. Like they 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 absolutely got it. it. Was either them or Anime Herald, but I think it was Anime Feminist. And I was just like, Jesus, that's that's it. And it was, and I was like, you know, I already appreciated alternative aesthetically. And so reading that, I'm like, oh yeah, they really did that, and that was the right thing to do, and that was a very clever way of using fully coolie. Um, and it's very mm-hmm. interesting to rewatch the show with that context and be like, oh man, all this stuff they did in the last episode, they specifically do here in the first episode and they really telegraph both Kana and Pet's relationship as Pet's basically checking out and Kana not having realized a lot about herself. <laughs> uh, but it's all clearly there and I'm like, geez, that's a really good reading on it. And that's the other thing is, is like, if I don't come to the end of this, having been happy with it, I don't know if that's on it or me. Because maybe there's something I'm missing in terms of context. I feel lucky. Eh. I feel lucky that I had gone to Japan a couple of times before um, Prague and Alt came out because it gave me a lot of context on small town Japan that I didn't have for the original series, but the original series didn't need it nearly as much as as Prague and especially Alt. And I don't know if there's something here that I'm missing yet because it is so dense and because it is so short. I guess we'll just have to revisit that after episode three. Mm-hmm. So some other things that stood out to me in the chaos of the climax here is uh, all those bugs that have been fl- flying around. Yep. They suddenly like swarmed and had the medical mechanica symbol on them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
interesting. I mean, they've they've just been around all this time, so the fact that they're okay, so you know, Chekhov's gun, I guess. <laughs> but uh, that, and I think, though we keep talking about how this this is uh, all gas, no break. There are some good quiet moments here, mm-hmm. particularly two heads uh, bet- between Shonari and Orinoko, and mm-hmm. they are just the cutest nerdy couple. I I really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Gee, you know a lot about rocks well, you know <laughs> meteors are you know, like shouting family. that megaphone was so yeah. great <laughs> and i'm trying to determine whether or not she heard him or it's, if that was just in his head yeah it's and, and that's kind of again that's i i, I don't care that, that it's i, I kind of like that it's unclear like that's kind of nice yeah like there's um there's not a clear delineation of this being uh, an up and down mm-hmm. uh, in some of this stuff. Um, and this whole thing about the Rockians not being able to drink just juice when they get mm-hmm. older and they have to turn to booze, but there must be something out there that they could also drink that they just don't know about yet. It's like, oh, well, that's uh, I mean, they make it Well, they certainly make it clear what that could be by the end of the episode. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, blood. <laughs> oh. He licks his lips after he gets blood on his face. <laughs> like, oh. Maybe like, that's uh, that's why he's saying at the end there, well, whoever that woman is, I got to crack some skulls. Yeah. Well, and also it's like all this talk about iron. No iron left on the planet. Oh. What's human blood, baby? Ah. Yeah. It's all about like, it's all about irons. <laughs> yeah, like there's, yeah, there's like, is like there's, there's things here. Where I'm like, okay, is this something I am? Is this just, is this just me watching fully fully and having way too much pattern recognition, or is some of this stuff actually like the payoff? Like, you know, is this? Are the Rockians vampires? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rockians aren't uh, aren't vampires themselves. The vampire is in them. Yes, Dracula <laughs> isn't in the bus. He is the bus. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's 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 really it's really tricky to sort of see because it's like like I said, going back and rewatching Alt, and like I specifically ended up having to watch like the last episode and the first episode in that order, and just being like, oh man, there's these words that specifically phrases specifically in the last episode specifically in the first episode and I'm like okay what are these bits that are in grunge that are going to be doing the same thing and i'm like well, iron keeps coming up so maybe that's something right i just don't know where these things are supposed to be fallen mm-hmm. out of yet um and it is kind of distracting to because there is so much going on like it's like I don't know if Haruko's plot needed to be that Machiavellian yet and involve like playing both mobs against each other and the and the local mayor. Yeah, I do like how the I do like, I like do it like, needed to be that. I do like how the her relationship with the mayor has this low key cerebellum uh Mr. Mayor from pull, uh from, from, from <laughs> Powerpuff Girls vibe. <laughs> Like it's just this dawdling tiny little mare and like a a, 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 a redhead bombshell. Like, mm, like again, I don't know whether these are just pattern recognitions or they're like, yeah, we made the joke subtle. We want you to work for it. <laughs> mm, 
I don't know. There's not too much about this that feels subtle. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. There's <laughs> there's so much noise in the foreground, right? You're hearing this mm-hmm. distortion pedal, these forward guitars. And then you're like, oh, but the rhythm is actually really intricate. They're not doing just a straight, you know, uh, you know, just like kick snare thing. There's actually this complex breakbeat. There's all these toms hidden in here. There's all these other things. The bass line's actually really nuanced. Like, I don't know if we're, I don't, it's like, it's so dense that the problem is it's like, yeah, I can't, okay, I'm two thirds of the way through, um, you know, a Green Day song off a dookie like i don't know if it's gonna tell me the story yet (laughs) that's a fair comparison speaking of the mayor and also this show kind of ribbing on previous fooly coolies when the mayor is talking to the director it says oh this amaro guy has such an unpleasant face you can tell that he's pretending to be somebody important and remarks how his eyebrows he must think his eyebrows make him look manly (laughs) yeah there's some of the stuff where it's like we're just literally referencing the show so that's why i'm like am i being am i giving it too much credit for the subtle stuff it's hiding in the edges or are they doing this really loud stuff up front as a way of kind of burying the lead Uh, uh (laughs) (laughs) the question remains um v-lord you've uh been a glorified recorder here so uh (laughs) did you want to you want to talk about anything? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, nah, no, nah, it's good. Honestly, like just hearing Carl talk about this one's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is like I said. This is how I. This is I, what I, I was, and it happened to come up because I think I saw an announcement or something that like they'd fixed something about stuff, and I was like, I wonder if my articles are back up. And I went back and I was like, one, I was surprised that the first article that I had that went up was a review of Sunday, Someday Streamer that actually ran on my 20th birthday. Um, and that was wild. Um, and put me in the, it was just the worst possible nostalgic mood to do a podcast. And I was like, and I was reading those early reviews. And I'm like, God, what did Ben see in me? And I'm like, well, of course I was rough at writing reviews early on. You know, that wasn't what I was doing. What got me the, what got me the geek was writing just long, long diatribes over the, the summer in 2003 on fully Coley and stuff and, and talking about like what, what it was trying to do, what it was referencing, what it was, you know, other stuff. And it's like, um, that's why I'm not necessarily upset that this is so dense. Cause I'm like, I just remember it's like, geez, we had to have like thousand page forum discussions, teasing this show out when it was six episodes. <laughs> if this is trying to put the same amount of stuff in, yeah, this is if people care to go find it. And the question being, like, have they pushed things aesthetically and format wise so far that people just bounce off of it? Um, and are we now in a media climate for discussion and discourse where it's very easy for it's easier for people to just kind of like dump on it and be like, this wasn't the thing that I like versus think about it. Because there was there's a lot of that with like prog prog like there's so much going on in both of them, and references to stuff and things where you're gonna have to like you better know some fine art because they're showing a specific actual fine art exhibit, so you got to understand what that means a bit to understand why that's being quoted in the context of this show, um, prog being having that particular example and again like I said realizing it's like I couldn't have even written about alt to like explain it as well as some other people who have better life experiences and deeper life experiences could. Um, I don't, yeah, it's, that's in play here very clearly already. Hmm. 
and that sucks. It, I wish I'd come in on the first episode instead of the second, because <laughs> that the second and knowing that it's only going that it's like what we saw was essentially the second act, which makes sense for that to be kind of a place where there's a bit more pensive stuff where you have your most character driven arc. Um, and, you know, the guts like I just got to give them like I do have to give them the props of the just the the, the courage to say, like, we're going to do this in three. We're going to throw out our usual structures. We're not going to do any of the robot of the week stuff because we don't need to. You've seen that. You understand what that is. Um, we're not going to immediately have something come out of the lead's head. They're not going to transform at any point. There's going to be none of that. We're going to have none of these little tells. We're going straight into this part and telling it from a different thing. Like, uh, you know, like, again, like I said, no matter how it turns out, I can't, I can't hate it because it's like they're clearly really trying. Hmm. I don't know. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong on that? I think it's a fair perspective. Yeah, I mean, I mean is, the same time visually, it's really I, a shame that you were here for the first episode. I I really should have tried to get you on the first one. I will say visually, like I will say, like there's points where I'm just like, God, it looks like I'm watching an insurance commercial. <laughs> yeah, the joke has been made. You know, and I and I <laughs> looking and I, a little but, too much like Aaron insurance there, Haruko. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, but one, do I really care? Like, it's <laughs> the other, I think the other thing that I've like fully clearly switching these things up i've been so desensitized that between like major major franchises like evangelion at points kind of doing that with like 80 different versions and spin-offs and all that it's like you can't be like fully coolly is sacrosanct it's like the most influential pop culture property such that it is placed in the japanese lexicon alongside fucking godzilla ultraman and common writer is so unsacrosanct that they will use it to sell uh chic razors <laughs> if that isn't um beyond reproach uh despite its emotional impact for many everything's fair game <laughs> certainly if it's fully clearly is fair game for trying different visual styles and also the show that itself had no problem doing like south park animation sequences come on consider the whole context like, I think though that the changes in aesthetic, mm -hmm. especially going from 3D C, like from what it has mm -hmm. been doing to the 3D CG, yeah. if we had a level of talent and charisma to the animation like we got with the original one, yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to be hard to top, you know, Hiroyuki, Maishi, Yoyo Shinari, Hideaki Anno, like they are all powerhouses in their own right. Yeah. and have, made, well, and, have built and their we're careers very, upon very their talent, seasoned right? By that point, too. Like these were not. Is Junior in some ways is like say Yoshinari and Imaiku were kind of at that point. They were still vastly more seasoned than um, the staff we have here. Um, so it's a bit of an it's an apples to orange comparison just on the basis. It's like, oh yeah, the guy who had like gotten his start doing keys for like Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is also doing keys for just like a section of your six episode OVA, which is also directed by a guy who was talented. Like. It's, you know, it's it's kind of different to, like, the extent to which Fully Cully was almost Gainax flexing at its peak before the wheels started to fall off, I think can't be understated. And it's hard to say anything that's trying to do it since should be viewed through the same lens in terms of, like, execution quality. It's probably more about concept. And I don't think like they've been uh, too afraid here with concept in terms of like 
they're doing stuff in 3D, they're doing stuff in 2D, they're doing stuff in like they're 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 playing a little bit. Um, and honestly, I guess I'm also coming off of like uh, a season with two Gohan shows, and this this <laughs> this thing is so much more confident in where it's putting when it does stuff with the camera in 3D, when it does when it's pulling what it's trying to exaggerate and what it doesn't. That um, I'm not it's not bothered me so far. I've never had that moment where I'm like, God, I'm just completely thrown out of this and I, and I feel sick. Um, and maybe that's an incredibly low bar to ask, but it's Go something hands that is like the floor though. Yeah. No, it's below the floor. floor. That's an, ex- it's an extremely low bar. It's the well, underground sewers the bar yeah. anyways. It's, yeah, no, for sure. And so it's like, on one hand, I'm probably being too generous on that, given that context. The, other, but uh, the, the cat like, show was fine. <laughs> The cat show got better. Both of the shows got better the more they just locked the camera down. Yeah. This show seems to be when it starts to like pull the camera around, do some weird stuff. It's never bothersome. Like I never see Mm. weird perspective on the hands. Like the, the fundamentals are all consistent. They're just not flashy Mm. as, as you'd want at points. And as the bar has been set for it, even by the other series, like, whatever you want to say about Prague in terms of other things, that opening sequence to thank you. My twilight is just oh, visual that is dynamite. Really good. It is just like, that is a hell of a five minutes to open your show with or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, again, certainly there's, there's parts of, uh, of alt that are sim- similarly, just like they really hammer all the, the, everything locks in. And maybe they're just saving that for the end. Maybe that's just not something we're going to see them being capable of. It's interesting to see, certain fully fully visual things quoted in a different context so like they clearly know what they're doing when they're like we're not just going to have that yakuza get their ass kicked they're going to spin you know now to style into that billboard like little touches that like show that like they're trying i think yeah it is fair to say like are they executing better than a first time studio should maybe not to where you would want for something you've only got three episodes to prove yourself in and that maybe debuting as a compilation film uh in your home country <laughs> so everyone's gonna see it you know on a big screen in 4k <laughs> well that's uh that's something i, d- I did want to give a, a shout out to mark thompson playing dinari yeah. Doing his his best Sylvester Stallone, a true Rocky Balboa. <laughs> you really did that. I really, I did. Uh, Had to be said. I, <laughs> you a, made me speechless there for a minute. Sketch <laughs> that pun. I'm like, did he really I, just not, say that? <laughs> it, it does fit though. Like it is kind it of does. Does, kind of doing that kind of thing. Plus, he's, a little you know, bit. he's drunk all the time, so the slur makes sense. Yeah. God. <laughs> I don't I want mean, this life for you. You could do better. Take this money, you get on the rock. I, 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 I did love just oh the, the, I love this. I love that wad of cash straight out of like the front of his pants. <laughs> oh, that's. Don't you have pockets? <laughs> Louis the... Bermudez c- continues to be fantastic as Shonari. I think probably the best performance in the show. Like I said, the only part of the dub that stuck out, and it's because I've got obviously prior context, is is Amaro. But otherwise, um, yeah, it's it 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 hangs it hangs. You know, it's 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 New it's it's New York AV Post, man. 
Yeah, you know, it's not yet. They like, always they don't, do good. They, they've, well, I mean, they have been doing this stuff for so long. I mean, speaking of going through old interviews, like or old reviews, one of the things we had gotten for Tune Zone that we were like, I don't know if we can review this, and we just kind of we we did it was Kazuna Bonds of Love. And speaking of Michael Center Nicholas, there you go, <laughs> in a straight up Yaoi title. <laughs> There's Dean Venture and Leonardo, <laughs> original TMNT. <laughs> like you're just like. Um, well, 2003 that, TMNT. 2003 TMNT. Yes, to be fair. You know, it'd be um, more amusing if it was Cam Clark. Cause... <laughs> well, because Cam Clark is isn't 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 like aren't some of those guys in um uh, Akira the old the old yes. streamlined dub? Right? Yes, he is. That's where I got confused. Kaneda. Right. Um. No, but it's it's the you know these guys are 20 year veterans now, uh, yeah. in terms of like you know some of this stuff, and even the ones that are newer, it's all like, you know. If 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 you're coming in and your prior work is you know doing redubs for Netflix for for Evangelion, you've got some you've got the right chops underneath your belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, like no no, it's like I'm actually kind of surprised. I really expected the technical stuff to bother me more because there's just so many opportunities to be like really hit that uncanny valley pocket with CG. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always thought the aesthetic really works i mean it's not fantastic but it just kind of works for whatever they're doing Hmm. yeah i mean it's not like orange level quality but like i guess like there's never been a point where i'm like okay this cg looks like ugly to the point that i can't watch it it's consistent i think it's a big thing it's like you can have stuff that's like lower frame weight or not as like doesn't have that orange level of like fluidity and you know complete mastery of of the space and of understanding that cameras have to exist in a physical space like the um i think it was i think i can't remember i think it was cory barnes animator friend of of mine from the tune zone era and who's stayed at my house and stuff he pointed out that part of the problem with gohan stuff is they don't understand that if camera can't move through like you ha- where does that camera live if you're getting that shot where did that camera exist just because you can put the camera there because you're in in animation doesn't mean it's a shot anybody can relate to because it's not a shot anyone would ever see because no human set of eyes would be there and no one would put a camera there because no person's eyes would be there orange has incredible command of that uh, in addition to everything else they're willing to do in terms of like technically modeling things with like, oh, if it's shot from this, it's actually using this model. If it's this, it's using this model. The model's changing depending on like, that's a whole separate ball, ball of wax here. Um, is and I, it's, it's very pleasant to see essentially a new from whole cloth studio be way closer to the orange side of things in terms of those command of where things exist in the 3d space and, and what it means to like intermix 2d and 3d uh to get an effective use of cell cg versus just like again like it's very easy to screw up i think it's very easy to get like i can put this i could i can shoot this from anywhere it's like so is it a security camera or a hidden camera because that's the only way this would ever exist did somebody leave their cell phone on the ground <laughs> or drop it <laughs> from like 50 feet above because like none of these shots make sense all of the shots like fit really well i'm like and i I guess i chalk that up to storyboarding and then the storyboarding being executed on uh perfectly reliably um if not with some occasional character and flair and good timing i certainly on the gags this episode because there's definitely some of those jokes that wouldn't have hit if they were just a 
fraction of a second longer, a little too short. Everything can kind of breathe um, or is breathing better. It'd be really weird if the last episode's actually super slow. <laughs> it just like the t timing, just the uh, pacing just kind of like winds out, opens up. <laughs> I can, <laughs> we can only guess. Uh, such a weird spot. Three episodes. Why? I would, Jason, I would feel <laughs> much more confident in this production if this was the second of four or the second of six. Second of six would be like, ah, oh, all right, cool. Three. Oh, they're asking a lot. Yeah. Unless it's like, I mean, here's the other thing. This is like the the wildest thing was that they do three and three and then came back like, ha, huh, but obviously that's not what they're going to do. Like, it'd be funny if they like actually did did kind of actually do split seasons, but yeah, it's not what we're getting. <laughs> uh. I wonder if the three episode choice might have also had to do with uh, funding because 3D CG is Probably. much more expensive to use than 2D style animation. Well, well we got the so episode it can, cost. It can, it it can eat up the budget pretty fast. Half a million per. Yeah. And that, that's a half mm -hmm. million per. And that's a half million per. And you read those credits. They threw a huge amount of that uh, CG to Southeast Asia. Um, so they right. like specifically to smaller studios. Yeah, it's yeah. well outsourced to smaller studios. And it's like oftentimes you'll see those outsourcing and you'll see South Korea, sometimes China. This is the first time I've seen like a lot of um, Thai names like Thailand and 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 uh, like I said, like I, I maybe that's something that I just wasn't aware that they're super active in the 3D space. And that's actually just like normally where you would send this stuff. And I just haven't been paying attention or it's not there. It's been obfuscated under generic studio name. And then actually there's like 150 people working all over the place for it for in, in other productions. Um, I tried to go through the ANN notes and uh, the ANN uh, encyclopedia information on it. And it was not coming together for me fast enough. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, half a million dollars is a lot. And like, they've clearly tried to make it stretch like um, as much as possible. Though I think, I wonder if some of that's also just so that they could keep the timelines tight, like a half a million spent to accelerate rather than uh, to polish. Wait, so that's yeah. half a million per episode though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's so, like, I guess, like... For an anime episode. Yeah, I guess, like, in terms of, like, current anime, though, because, like, obviously I, I work closely with anime now. It's, like, that's more on the lower range for, like, modern productions. But I guess well, that makes a, sense, that, though, if, that, like, they're outsourcing. That, that's interesting that that's on the lower range now for modern productions, because for the longest time, like, I remember when um, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex came out, and it was hitting half a mil per, and that was, like, unheard of money that was mm -hmm. to the to the point where it's like other productions were probably operating on an order of magnitude less and they were still popular shows but they're being done on like literally a tenth the budget but that is 2003 yeah so 20 years yeah. later things change a little bit yeah, yeah. I, mean, I could probably say that number it's like it's like higher productions are like usually around like 800k an episode now I mean, pre-localization well, well and i could certainly see that for things like let's let's take something that's very lush and very popular so would definitely get the money to do it like one Attack piece on looks Titan. 
No, I'd go with One Piece. One Piece looks nuts mm. these days. Oh, One Piece looks absolutely crazy. And they're getting and they're getting like guest cuts from like Ian Jones Cordy of OKKO OK and Steven Universe fame. Like it's off like clearly operating on a different level than other things. And that's gotta be running. It's that's something you know that it's and it's and it's not it's not like how primetime animation spends, you know, seven figures an episode. But I can see where one piece would be running seven figures an episode purely in animation and purely to parallelize the sequence of getting that much animation done that quickly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, uh, that consistently. <laughs> you got to wonder what the episode costs were in Dressrosa. Yeah, true. There is also the opportunity for any longer running show to have your expensive episodes and your cheap ones. This mm -hmm. show, yeah, you've got three episodes. You just got to like hammer it all out. But yeah, if half a million is now kind of on the lower end, that explains the the offshoring to the extent that it's there. Because mm. um, again, CG is usually also something, CG is one of those things where sometimes you can use that as a way of re-onshoring something. The second you have an all digital pipeline, depending on what that all digital pipeline is, how much is that handwork versus rigging versus whatever. The startup looks, cost is higher, but you can keep using the material. You can, even if you're not direct, directly reusing the material, the way the material is brought through can be more or less uh, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like there's so much variation in that to the point where it's like that's its own little side art in animation. Like having written those with Corey, those storyboard pro animation uh, automation scripts and just realizing like different animators just at their individual level will have different workflows that themselves is then playing into how whatever the show needs and so on and so forth. You know, this is why Pokemon suddenly looks way different and way more expressive going to storyboard pro and, and, and to uh, Toon Boom, whereas Toon Boom uh, as a piece of software being used in the West is often used to like be very puppety and rigged, but it's like, it's how you're choosing to use these tools and how you're building your pipeline around them. Um, and that's the other part. When you're doing three episodes, you're going to do all of that organization and use it just for the three. Like, that's the other part that's kind of mind boggling is it's like, again, you think just for the organizational costs of these things, you'd wonder if there wouldn't have been value in extra space just to like kind of stretch the, I would think so. I, it's not necessarily true because your animator, your per episode animator costs can be through the roof um, mm. too. But like there is still some fixed costs that I'm surprised they were willing to kind of just kind of tolerate <laughs> unless they kind of figure we're going to do stuff with these guys again. So now that they've kind of used this to hammer out their pattern, they can throw other stuff at them, which is maybe something that makes sense when you originally planned this before David Zaslav buys your company and ruins it. <laughs> yeah, and now Zaslav can say, yeah, yeah, you know, you make it, do it, show it, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, we'll just write it off. I, I will say my low-key terror is that we never get a physical for grunge and shoegaze. That would be very bogus. <laughs> but... I, but you think totally of, you th understandable because a lot of Adult Swim stuff never gets a physical. Yeah. And I could see it feels like this could happen again. Like, it's very interesting saying it's going to stream somewhere. And like, why, why, you should, why didn't you just tell me a place? Not, 
Like, even if you just said HBO Max, go like, okay, I don't worry, that's going to turn up in Canada, but at least I know that's there. Like, could be the could totally be weird and turn up on Crave. It will never turn up on Crave, but it would be funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's such a it, I like this episode. I like the episode prior. It doesn't have it hasn't had that kind of emotional pull that like early prog and early alt managed to have for me, where I was immediately like, ah, oh, I get what they're doing here. Ah, oh, see how this, this this locks in. But it's so it's so dense that I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna have to. You know, it's fully cool. You got to usually watch it twice, anyways. Any of mm. them. Yeah. And usually more <laughs> to make heads or tails of it. And just to put the nonsense to bed for people mm-hmm. who don't read the credits or look them up on ANN or something, it's not written in America. The screenplay is by Tetsuro Ikeda, <laughs> Tetsuhiro Ikeda, who admittedly does not have many credits. <laughs> Again, <apparently>. very green team. <laughs> in Zai Aru Aru Monogatari and anime adaptation of a manga and that's like all he has under his belt other than this but it's not written by somebody in los angeles or other parts of america and as far as you know script adaptation goes it's stephanie shea she's not she's not messing around with it they don't tend to do that well and also it's fully coolly there's times where your best bet is to localize it a little I mean, they, yeah. they have literally done that in the first episode. We'll have to see what the actual Japanese is for Haruko's rant. Um, oh, yeah. I do look forward to seeing I, what that I, is. I absolutely look forward to seeing that. Um, but, like, the original show does, you know, like, nobody knows what that thing is. Call it Crystal Pepsi. There's this whole diatribe on this thing. Make it about, like, you know, like, they, they, part of, I mean, it, and it was lauded at the time for how clever it was with pulling those cultural things through such that the audience had one less thing to try and have to look up to make heads or tails of what was going on. Um, everybody was really happy with that. Like there was no Kyle Pope edit listing about, <laughs> um, shout out the homie Kyle. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> uh, but, uh, people were very happy with fully cool stuff back in the day. And it was not at all literal all the time. Um, to its immense benefit. So if there's anything being softened here, it's 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 not to like dumb it down. It's to make sure that it's actually being you're respecting the intelligence that went into it <laughs> to pull that thing. Out I of, think out they're of a, I think they're forgetting that the first episode of Fooly Cooly was heavily localized because there's an entire gag that's just double entendre automatopias yeah. that yeah. don't translate into English. Yeah. You know, like that's where the whole foodie cootie gag comes from. Exactly. Is from that. So if, I mean, I'm curious to see what the original jokes in this one are in Japanese, because I actually found on this current rewatch that I prefer the Japanese version of Fooly Cooly to the English dub. Because um, I feel like the jokes are just a bit funnier. Um, I bet she doesn't like so a I'm weasel. Curi- <laughs> you know? So, like, there's some things that work and some things that don't. It's all down to personal taste. But I sure. doubt there's any sort of, like, censorship. That seems to be the, like, buzzword with people in modern anime stuff where they're, like, stuff is being censored. And it's, like, no, it's being written in a way that the average person can understand without having to do homework to yeah. understand it. 
and that's okay. That's yeah. the whole purpose of. I want my translator notes. Uh, no, we did that for so many years. We don't need more translator notes. Well, and it's the kind of thing where it's like that is fine in the context of certain mediums. Like that is fine to have that on the disc for the more literal version, subtitled version, as either something that's an after credits thing, or maybe is an on screen note, or like there's a million different ways to, to to approach it. Each of which has its pluses and minuses. Um, and or contingent upon the nature of whatever the that visual, you know, whatever disc or, or streaming service or whatever you've got to 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 work with there for the visual version of an anime for broadcast television. You want things to be comprehensible on the fly. Um, so, yeah, it's why it's dubbed in the first place and then why further still you may have the dub kind of like try and wrap some of that in be that through translating the reference or taking figuring out the nearest close nearest uh, english automatopias and stuff and those kind of tricks and then of course like in manga yeah if you if it's like just a super dense technical or nerdy manga you're you're free to say like here's 20 pages of translator notes in the back of it that's fine because it's a book you're in that position where you can footnote and go back and forth without it you know really interrupting in the same way it would where you're trying to like pause a television show um so it's like i think some of that sort of some of some of when this stuff comes up online is people not understanding like the differences between mediums which big surprise with modern discourse being very much everybody can get into it but not everybody is going to like even have a hundred levels community college communications course underneath their belt um but may have watched tons of like youtube people talk about this stuff and think i can do the same um, not that people shouldn't take their own initiative to create stuff, but it's just like, you know, it explains part of the problem here in terms of like people like thinking, well, this must be a problem with fully collate. It's like, no, like, I highly doubt it. <laughs> All right. This has been a rousing conversation. Uh, does anybody have any final thoughts before we finish up here? I'm just curious how this is all going to like wrap up at this point. Cause Aren't like, we all? yeah. Can it stick the landing? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at for sure. Because <laughs> you don't know if a song is good until you've heard the whole thing. That's the lesson here, man. Well, thank you so much, Carl, for joining us. This has been an enlightening conversation. Tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, um, you can find me at my old dot com, carlarolson.com, K-A-R-L-R-O-L-S-O-N.com. Also, all my music is under the artist name Ultra Clastron, and that's a mouthful, whatever. Maybe there'll be a link in an episode description here. Or that dot com I just mentioned also is my Blue, Blue Sky uh, ID, so you can come catch me over there. Everybody leave Twitter X, whatever. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking of making a lower cost tier nobody's gonna pay elon cut it out <laughs> and celia tell them where they can find you well unfortunately i am still on twitter so you can find me on twitter at planet Twinkle, uh and i'm on facebook at celia rose cosplay if you need a if you need a blue sky invite dm me <laughs> Look you up. i've got a few <laughs> It, admittedly, I'm torn because I've spent so much time cultivating 
my current social media platforms that the idea of starting over on any of the new ones just sounds exhausting. It does. And like when you were cultivating that, you were younger, you were more willing to put in the work. And now, now I'm an exhausted millennial. I don't have the energy for that anymore. I know. <laughs> so exhausting being an exhausted millennial. Let's talk to somebody who's not a millennial. V-Lord. Um, yeah, uh, people can find me on like most social media now. X, um, Blue Sky, Instagram, at V-Lord-GTZ. Um, and yeah, I, I... V-Lord, we don't use the X word here. Fine, Twitter. Very Twitter, good. X, Electric Boogaloo, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, besides that, I, uh, write a few things for mangamavericks.com as well as tsunamifaithful.com when I have time. Um, and then I do a bunch of podcasts. The Demon Slayer podcast is the main one, as well as a bunch of other ones like Saturday Night Chagi, my Shugakukan manga focus podcast. So, uh, yeah, go check out all those. Uh, one other thing I want to shout out is my recent interview with uh, the teen romantic comedy snafu creator, Wataru Watari, as well as the uh, chief editor for Shogakukan's Gaga Bunko light novel print. Uh, you can find that over on Manga Maverick, so go read that because it's really cool. Well, that does it for our episode two discussion for Fooly Cooly Grunge. The episode was called Shonari. I don't think we ever mentioned that. And when we return, we're continuing the rocking with Dr. Stone, New World, Part 2. Switching up the lineup, we will include CJ, Darrell, and Laser Kid. And I'll, I guess I'll be there. So, you know, you get to keep listening to me. I'm sorry. And with that, the next segment. love Dr. Stone and we're sad that it is briefly leaving Toonami but we are very happy to talk about these four episodes of Dr. Stone. Yeah they're the good stuff. Oh heck yeah I, I got a long history with Dr. Stone and Toonami Faithful I always love watching this show. And I so, need more labs. We all need the lab! Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alright so 
obviously Suika's way up there, but this season, Kohaku. Kohaku, man. The season of Kohaku. Heck yes. She is the best girl. No debate. You, MVP you of you, Dr. Stone. MVP of Dr. Stone. For sure. I normally say that's Chrome, but this time it's Kohaku. Definitely sure. Kohaku. I love her. She's she loves her so much, why don't you marry her? I would! She <laughs> wasn't a fictional character. I was actually, uh, I was talking about Kohaku to um, Don East, and he said, you know what she reminds me of? Ayla from Chrono Trigger. I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh! God. Yes! Yes! I can, can totally see it. It's like, if Toriyama drew Kohaku, she, she'd be Ayla. <laughs> There you go. There you have it. I knew it. I knew it. Also, she was totally sporting uh, uh, Wilma Flintstone's <laughs> whole outfit in one of the episodes here. Yeah, I noticed with that. The, and I was with like, the pearls. Pop, pop culture reference. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> yeah, I would yabba dabba do. <laughs> I yabba dabba do. <laughs> yes. So when we last left Dr. Stone, they had just gotten to Treasure Island, and unfortunately, there seems to be a source of the petrification on this particular island, and pretty much everybody on the boat got petrified, except Suika, who got kicked away, and one other character who's just got the devil's luck. Did you say that everybody got stoned? They yeah uh, they got stoned. Everybody got stoned. They got stoned hard. So the surveying team, which consists of Senku, Kohaku, uh, Gin, and uh, Soyuz, <laughs> Soyuz, and eventually Suiga, but she isn't with them yet. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they realize that their friends are petrified on the boat. But maybe somebody among them didn't get petrified, and they gotta figure that out. So they uh, they pull a risky maneuver and just yell at the boat. It is but, indeed a risky maneuver. But Gin's quick thinking uh, is able to turn it around so that. Uh, Kurosame thinks that Kohaku's just crying out for her boyfriend. <laughs> that was brilliant, not gonna lie. It was the best part of the entire season. I you know. had to see Senku be like a dapper, like love strict uh, puppy dog, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this man of science, you have to put on the shmoves, as they say. Mm-hmm. And my god, that was the most, like, if there's anything more relatable in Dr. Stone, because a lot of the stuff you theoretically could try to do. I know Mythbusters uh, kind of took a whirl of like, oh, yeah, that's possible. That might not be possible. Oh, that could be possible. And while we're not necessarily saying try this at home, but that 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 kiss had to have been the most relatable thing, because that was quite a first kiss. If you've ever had one, I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, I can easily relate to that one. Oh, hell yeah. I remember mine, man. <laughs> you always remember your first. Yeah, but uh, 
And how who was that a uh, female bodyguard that was like all flustered too? It wasn't that Kurosami? Was it? I, yeah. I I'm not good with the Thanks. I would say warrior names for this, but like she yeah. got all hot and bothered by it. I'm just like, you know, we're starting to see civilization catching up quite nicely because you saw at first Kohaku interested in certain gossip romance, you know, kind of like uh, what's the word? Kind of like um, reality TV show style type of thing. Like she was really into it, which I wouldn't have pegged at the beginning. So it's uh civilization is going to be just fine. Yeah, they're going to be all right. They're going to be making babies. You know, <laughs> well, they clearly have been making babies. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but they're going to be making more. Many, many babies. <laughs> Baby Palooza. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they, they get hit with uh, Amaryllis, and she uh, helps them infiltrate. But in order to infiltrate, they got to do some hardcore science to make cosmetics. I mean, it's not quite the fashion show, but. <laughs> Listen, unless we see my muscle dude in that dapper attire, it didn't I know register this, with this me. No Kazuki. Oh, man. Can you imagine if Kazuki was with them? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, like, legitimately, that fashion show was awesome. Like, everyone's style was really good, but, le- like, l- legit, his swag was was really, really good. So, really um, unless you get him involved, I don't care. I sleep. And don't get I... me wrong. It was fun to see Kohaku try her hand at makeup and look like an insane clown posse member. I'm okay with that. It's absolutely okay. And, like, she tried. And God bless her. You know, she's trying. She really wants to help. And like we said, this was the season of Kohaku, right? Mm. But it, like, it wasn't the same type of thing. Like that stuff doesn't really get me all like, I, I'm not going to be wearing what she wears. So I'm like, oh, OK, cool. <laughs> Have a nice day. Are you, Whereas, are, you, are you sure you can't pull off the pink dress? I mean, I mean, Genro. I, I am not well endowed enough to do that. So I'm going to say no. Uh, maybe in another lifetime or another like surgery or whatever you know what i mean it's just like i am just i do not have the figure uh to keep that dress up i'll I'll put it that way what kind of nonsense with the with the criteria is like oh again i mean you look great but you're a little too tall what come on he's way more convincing not only not only that it's just like i thought we were progressive here dr stone (laughs) <laughs> don't don't be heightists here. I mean, they're clearly progressive because they they even tried Soyuz. They're like, hey, you know, maybe, true, true, maybe, maybe. It's it's like I said, don't don't be shaming our tall queens out there, Doctor Stone. <laughs> he's he's bald and needs some uh, adjustments to his bust, but you know, true. He probably had the biggest chest there. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> Senku wasn't too believable, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe could work. But, like, like Gin, man, the only reason that Gin wasn't included is because it would be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's way, way funnier for the dimwit to, to have to assist 
Kohaku and Amaryllis in this infiltration. Yeah. That's all there is to it. I, I really wish that wasn't the case, but, you know, here we are. He actually pulled it off, though. He came in handy on occasion. I mean, uh, define it on occasion. Okay, one <laughs> one time. One, one time. time. One time. The spear dance. The spear dance. If he didn't do that, they probably would have found out what Kohaku was up to. True, but then there we go. At the very end of an episode, that's all, folks. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's he's he, that's he, the show. He almost was helped. Well, he was partially helpful one other time, <laughs> only to remember. Oh yeah, I didn't study how to write or read. <laughs> I got really oh, well. It's like oh, he paid attention. No. That was actually that was a nice little fake out. I actually enjoyed that. One hundred percent. Well, I know him well enough to know that that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was actually that was that was pretty good. That that was actually good uh, job because like you kind of expect like gags and jokes like that to be happening, but it's like it's it's not often where they actually work. And I'm like, no, this worked. I like this more. <laughs> it's real easy to fool these people into thinking something's an animal. All it takes is a little poo gas. I uh, know. Or some erratic movements in the case of the little rats. <laughs> They're just rat mini suikas. Yeah. Mini suikas. I love Suika. She's adorable. I love also I love the gotcha reference that they threw in on that. Yes. That was excellent. I was we, so happy. We got a real bad pull. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Ken oh, week is there too. Triple S pull. <laughs> Can relate. I love that so much. More references to like that, please. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, speaking of references, I don't know if it's intentional, but why do all these guys in this tribe have that one haircut that's like Prince Adam from He-Man? You know, that's a good question. You got me there, Chief. You got me there. I don't see. Speaking of the Chief, okay, not the Chief, like the Vizier or whatever, that guy. Oh, God. uh, He's annoyingly a little too smart, but also really stupid. Like, oh, sure, he'll notice that that barrel has moved a little bit, but will he realize that one of these three lovely ladies is a boy? No. (laughs) No, he will not. He also won't realize that Kohaku nearly took his freaking arm off. Oh, man, she was on knuck if you buck mode for real. (laughs) Yeah, he's lucky that other guy was there. I also, okay, I really want to see what happens with that guy. His name, Maz? Maz, yeah. Maz stops Kohaku from her bloodlust. As I like, I realize that you're going to be trouble, but I like trouble, so bring it on. He's the embodiment of, uh, there's a problem, I can fix her. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Ah, uh, Kohaku for them Stone Age streets, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. 
the infiltration mission is actually going pretty well so far because they already found the platinum. Good job, Kohaku. You are yeah. the best. Now you got to remember that's She's the star best. platinum, dude. Oh, it was actually <laughs> out of space. Yeah, yeah star <laughs> platinum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, for sure. And we get another science lesson on how to quietly break rock. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting stuff. Wonder if it holds up. And oh man. That that sequence where they're showing all the years that Senku's father, Byakuya, oh. was collecting the precious minerals and how hit, long it took. Hit me right um, in the feels, man. Hit me right in the feels. Man. Among the greatest anime dads. Also a nice message there. What do you mean? Goku is right there. Shut the fuck up and sit down. He's right (laughs) there. (laughs) No. I mean... Look, uh, Goku's not the worst father, but come on. (laughs) What do you mean Gon's father is right there? Oh. Oh. Don't you bring gang freaks into this. He's right there. He showed up and then he left. He's right there, and that's why he got punched in the face. (laughs) Look here, Oreo is the best dad to gain. I mean, gone as is, man. That's right. At least the best big brother. Yeah, isn't he like 18? I'm not an old man! No, Leorio's 19. (laughs) Oh, there we go. He's, He's that big brother protecting his little brother from a crappy dad. That's how it would be. That's how it would be. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of big dum-dums, uh, here in this, uh, in, in this civilization, they apparently have, we have magma at home. <laughs> like, this guy is just, okay, he's actually stupider than magma, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I have dealt with some stupid people, man, but this takes it to a whole nother level. The Great Hiroshi! Oh, yes. Or whatever he said, I, I don't know. I don't care. He, like, he he definitely stands out from the rest of the guys that like are just literally the same guy. But no, what's up with that? Channel Salma Day. They're all easily easily uh, distracted by Elmerillis, who you know honestly she's good at what she does. Yeah. I mean, she all right, man, but you know. I ain't feeling it like that, mine. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't, li- wouldn't like her if she wasn't on the good guy side. <laughs> I, I mean, like, even on the good guy side, dude, she about mid to me, man. <laughs> She's using her powers for good. <laughs> yes, she is, man. She's good at acting, though. I like it. She know how to turn it on and turn it off. Mm-hmm. So I fucks with on that right there. What do you yeah. think, chick? And she also provided a lot of very useful information, like uh, her encounter with the with the weapon that can petrify people. That was, huh? How how does that work? You can stop it if you break off the affected part. Okay, sure. It also has a limited effective range, and if you're not careful, you can petrify yourself. So. Uh, yeah, be careful. 
I don't know how well their plan to snatch it out of the sky with a drone is going to work, but I guess we'll get to that eventually. I mean, when have they ever set out to do something and not succeeded in this show? Yeah, got yeah. a good point there, man. It may take a while. There may be additional steps. There may be a moment where Senku goes, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I think of this? There are always snags, but they do get there eventually. Mm-hmm. That is the power of science. Truly. Santa Potentia. Truly the power of science. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're, we're kind of adrift now because that's that's all we that, got. That's it. Yeah, I was actually yeah. I'm pretty uh, like sad about that only because it's like 11 episodes just doesn't seem like enough, doesn't it? No, no. Uh, we got as a, as a manga reader. That's a terrible place to cut it. You want to finish this arc. Yeah, that's another thing, too, because it's like we have all this tension of like they found the platinum. They're figuring out they're learning more about potentially who might have petrified the whole world to begin with. Right. And it's just like we ended here and I'm just kind of, oh, and maybe it's just bias just because I think the show is like really, really good, like understandably. Right. And it's just like, I mean, it is really, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like ending it there with how quick it felt. I was just like, man, it just got started, really. Like, yeah, just got started. The the whole thing is all set up and ready to go. And they're like, okay, see you next time. I mean, it's like getting that meat and potatoes, man. And then somebody just fucks it up by cooking it. Well, you know, if Nana can take five minutes to explode, then I guess we can wait. But dude, dude, look how long it took to get the damn Namek in the first place, though. Uh, don't get me started on fake Namek. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. You're not wrong. How many times did we see Goku just about to fight Jason Burner and then, oh, we're back to Raditz? <laughs> oh, God. I That's a mood. Mm hmm. Yeah. Those, hey, I those know. Were the I can days. get ahead by going to Telemundo and watching it in Spanish. You don't understand a word of it. Yeah, this will work. Or you could watch it on the International Channel in Japanese. If I had it. <laughs> I wanted it back then, but I didn't have it. Uh, it sounded like, it. Uh, it sounded like Timmy Turner's dad right there. I would have if I had one. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, my uncle had the International Channel, and I actually did watch it, so... I spoke enough Japanese to understand what the hell was being said. There you go. Yeah, I knew it was on the international channel because, you know, I used to go to all the Dragon Ball websites back in the day and they talked about that being a thing, but. Mm-hmm. Listeners, yeah. don't let Laser fool you. He's not that old. He doesn't know. <laughs> no. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Pepe laugh. He doesn't know. Probably the oldest person on this podcast. That is true and real. Only I think we're all fairly. Bit. I think we're all of a relatively similar age in this this crew here. No, nah, not CJ. CJ's a he's well. He's CJ's a babe. He's a babe. I was gonna say like I'm what thirty, almost thirty three. So I'm pretty young compared to you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. You're, CJ CJ's older than V Lord though. I am well, V Lord. V Lord literally was born two days ago, so like I, I can't help. 
V-Lord was born when I was like 17. V-Lord was born just in time for the Netflix premiere of One Piece. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm so jealous. He was in vicinity of Hitchroda. And he didn't even know it. He didn't even know it. The poor guy. That is. But he was there. That is heartbreaking to go to a major event, like not really participate because he unfortunately couldn't like get into the main screening area, I hear. And only to find out that a legend was at the event. Sketch, sketch, please. I was not there. Don't don't be doing that. <laughs> a legend in pro Pokemon. <laughs> well, there's that, but I'm also just a fucking legend. Not just a regular one, a fucking legend. Let's go. Uh, I don't like to... Yeah, I'm a fucking legend if you ask that by. Wait a minute, I know where that one's going. So you're saying Make he's a babies. legend of a mind. <sighs> that's exactly what this uh, village leader wants to be doing, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can I, can we talk about that? That Whoever's like the leader of this island, I want to have a few words with you. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm not You're 100% living... convinced that this guy is even real. I think he it might, might He might be. not be. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it just I, feels way. like some incel's wet dream. And I'm like, fucking hell, man. Like, take I don't need this. Girls laughing away from their betrothed. I am laughing it's... in Mongarito now. Yeah. You shut your mouth. Oh, I'm not <laughs> saying anything. I'm just laughing. <laughs> All I'm doing is laughing. I, I confirmed tonight nothing. Mm-hmm. He confirmed it. Get him out. Get him out. Get him all out. Right, all right. He confirmed it all. But leave the recorder on. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go, yeah. Go to go your room. Other... Uh, you know, know what could... you did. Since I moved, I could technically do that. I used to be a studio part right now. I have a one bedroom. So I Ooh, could do this. Fancy. This could happen. But, like, it's just like, dude, oh, okay, only all the hot chicks can come in. It's just like, Jesus effing Christ, get the fuck out of here. I don't need this. I don't need this. I mean, there's nobody that isn't conventionally attractive in that tribe, as far as I could see. The whole freaking show. That, too. Well, I mean, there's certainly been many complaints about the, like, the, the positioning of the eyes sometimes. Like, I don't know. I'm just used to it. Like, everyone, we're literally thirsting over some old dude. Like, please. They're all queens and kings. And kings. They are. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all very pretty. They're anime characters. Exactly. You're Unless they're an anime deliberately character. ugly, they're pretty hot. How about <laughs> that, Laser? You're an anime character. I wish. <laughs> well, uh, I tried, Sketch. It's over. It's Jover. <laughs> Are you trying the JoJo fair? I don't know. <laughs> it's Jover. Uh, oh boy. I oh can't recover. Boy. Well, I just know I'm a Jehovah Witness. JoJo Witness. But yeah. So this I don't have much else to really add to this. It's just because like it was so short. I need yeah. more. Yeah, no, there's there's we we maybe covered too many episodes last time. I blame I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to blame someone, but I can't think of anyone to blame, so you're I off blame the, hook the animation me. committee. Uh, 
I mean, because of their screw up, we definitely could have had that conversation sooner. But I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea at the time to wait. That's what they all say. Uh, that's, that's what they all say. Uh, yeah. Uh. But yeah, I mean, speaking of conventionally attractive, and uh, they're like, oh, I don't know if Kohaku's gonna pass for cute enough. I was like, are you kidding me, dude? Are uh. you are you absolutely Pulling my leg. This is like she's, Slayers where they call Lena and gorgeous. And it's just like, no. Everything's like, fine, okay, guys. She's not. She's not, not bulging, but. No, I no want to say she's, you know, she's she's not like a prim and proper. And she's she's not Amaryllis. Dude, okay? she's a tomboy, man. The best yeah. of fucking both worlds, man. That's right. That's right. I so it. it was it was adorable when it's like make a cute pose for us and she's racking her brain what would be cute what would be cute what would be cute sweet is cute imitate Suika. <laughs> adorable as one often does mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, yeah man I never thought that Kohaku needed any beauty accentuation but just just a little mascara and and lip color goes a long way. It does. Like, dang. Slay, girl. <laughs> I think she is cute, man. She is. Uh, Lay out of pocket sometimes, but she's cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, she's going to the... that's... stab Gin. Oh, oh, absolutely. And he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what? He's... You don't want a hug from me, Gin? Are you sure about that? It's like John Cena voice. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? <laughs> Come on, you can't kill Gin. He's uh his his mind is very important. He, he helps a lot. The mind manipulates people a lot. He is not right? very important, but his mind is. Yeah, his mind mind shaker. You can do a girl like on his head in a jar. Put his put his head in a jar. Just a Futurama. Yes, the there new Futurama, go. Dr. Stone. Drama, Dr. Stone, you just feed him fish flakes, it's fine. Uh, apparently, those crystal radios actually do work. That's that's something. Be Though, right back, I'm making my crystal radio now. Yeah, like how cool is that? You have a little radio transmitter that doesn't need any kind of power source. It's just, it's just stone-powered. And, uh... Are you saying it was stoned? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to never get over this joke. Nope. Everybody Uh, got stoned. They sure did. We all got stoned, and we enjoyed it. Says you. Hey, hey, it's Dr. Stone, so it's medical. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's okay. It's medical. Just a little bit for my cataracts. When are they gonna meet the Doctor Stone? It's like, did did y'all miss the part when he explained that soap is a Doctor Stone? <laughs> that that's where the name comes from, isn't it? Maybe. I don't sure. read sketch. Actually, so, so you're the... telling me you're a Dragon Ball fan? Yes. One hundred percent. I would not even. And not just any Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball GT. Oh, he's, he said a, it. I, I did. As a Dragon Ball fan, we Dragon Ball fans can't read. It's just, it's just how it is. 
<laughs> I did say it, and I'd say it again. As a librarian, I'm disappointed in y'all. So when you, when, you, when you look at the manga, you're just enjoying the art, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's funny you say that. I used to have a bunch of Dragon Ball manga that was in Japanese, so that's exactly what I did. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Before you could even find the the translations. <laughs> yep. But you could actually buy the Japanese books at bookstores. So. Wait, yep, I had a little Wait a minute, there were and, uh, books? I know, I know, there were. Yeah. I have some of them. I actually have a good good chunk of the Frieza and Cell arcs in, in uh, Japanese Tonkobon. I don't believe you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll have to uh, find out. What do you there. say to that, Laser? Um, I can do a picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay, he got me there, Sketch. What do I do? I need a distraction. <laughs> Scatter! <laughs> Run Pocket away! sand! Pocket sand! <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, you know what that hurts. Just I know. Mm. I was very sad. Lost another legend. Yeah. I just had to tell people, I was like, look here, yeah, you too close to me to be talking. Uh, you too close to be in pocket sand. Um, Jason is to be talking shit to me. Well, one of the other legends we lost made sure that he got as close to 100, but not over. True. Oh, man. Yeah. I can go to hell now. I know. No, and... to be honest with you, there are things I want to say, but I'm not just, you know, I'm just going to be quiet about Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, Didn't yeah. Snoop Dogg say it for us? F you, Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah. Um, if y'all know the history about Bob Barker, then um, I I'm just going to be pretty um, honest. I give zero fucks that he's dead. Um, there were sexual harassment cases, and he was a known racist as well. Lovely. He said, he said a lot not, of racist shit. Not entirely surprised, but did not know. Yeah. Mm. There are a lot of lawsuits on The Price is Right, man. Yeah. Now that I did know. <laughs> yeah, that he said American a lot thing. of racist shit behind, you know. That didn't Hate to caught. bring it down even further, but we also lost Arlene Sorkin. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, the one that Harley really, Quinn. Quinn. That's the one that really hurts. Mm. I won't make jokes about Bob Barker. I don't think I can make jokes about her. No, I can't. No. no. Wonderful performance. Iconic performance. Like, she's the reason that character exists. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like... Or is there to say? Literally, when she's like, um, Batman gave her that pink dress, and she was like, you know, guys, like you don't deserve to have a bad day. That, oh, right, that, 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 my that, yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes, there, man. I mean, too, too, too many of these Batman animated series, people, man. We must protect Mark Hamill at all costs, y'all. We must. You know, oh, I man. give people their, I give people their flowers while they're here, though. So. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the problem getting feelings. old I felt bad. my dad went through this when we lost uh, Adam West oh mm. yeah yeah like I said man that was my first um he was my first Batman dude I saw the 1960s um Batman, yeah you know, I used so. to watch that when I was a little absolutely oh, yeah. dude, before it for uh Batman 89 that's what I had I mean seriously you got the little comic book um, expressions and everything, man. Zap, pow. <laughs> and now on top of that, man, you got to see comic book characters in this show, man. We got to see King Tut, I, you know, Mr. Freeze, the Mad Hatter. 
know, it, it was just there. Not to mention, Cesar Romero is still my favorite Joker, man. You know, I know people talk about Heath Ledger, man, but... I'm I'm a Jack Nicholson guy, but, you know, they're all good in their own right. Look here, man. Cesar Romero was just the clown prince, man. It was just something campy about him. Yes, Jose, I am using your word campy. <laughs> sure, he has no problem with that. Well, I, I think uh, we we got nothing else. I don't think we do. They didn't give us much to talk about. No, no. I mean, we can retrospectively talk about how, how we feel about the like the whole season so far. I would say it's been really good. It's been very entertaining. Lots of interesting science developments. The Kingdom of Science keeps adding more and more to their storehouse and I mean, what what else is to say? Kohaku's the MVP. Heck yeah. And like in the previous Batman episodes, I just loved how she constantly was seen enjoying things. Like, yeah! Enjoy it. Enjoy the advancements of science. I mean, bread. <laughs> the Dude. way she was chomping down on that bread. And, you know, Chrome was too. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, what's wrong? This is perfectly good. <laughs> no. As someone who bakes, the first bread was garbage. Thank you, Francois. Thank you, Francois. Mm-hmm. We, we need Francois back immediately. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we got to get Uzuriha back pronto because some of their friends already got smashed up a little bit and she's got to put them back together. <laughs> I love Uzuriha, man. Oh, she's amazing. She really is. And can't forget about Taiju. Yeah, there's no shortage of great characters in the show. That's that's one of the reasons I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh our our silver boy for, for a moment there was hearing his best buddy's thoughts. And we, uh, we yes. got the perspective of somebody else who was petrified. That was kind of interesting. It was. You know, that's gotta yeah. be, that's gotta suck though. I mean, to be like conscious and you're petrified, man. How the oh fuck? God. Like seriously, man, I, I'm just thinking, man, it's probably some people that would like literally, if they do get, um, you know, the petrification gets reversed on them, man, they're going to be fucking insane. Yeah. Because I think you can only sleep for so long, man, in the petrification. Man, I'll probably be pissed off as hell too, man. I'm like I'm hungry. Um, I maybe I gotta take a dump. Man, think about the people that got petrified while taking a shit, man. Oh man. That's that's soon, trust me, man. I'm like, goddamn, here I am sitting on the toilet and I got petrified. It's like, there not again. Places, there are worse places you could be. Well, there are some others, but those are triple X. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I was that's the joke I was making. It's a whole new mean of being hard. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, uh, we've been canceled now. <laughs> like I care. <laughs> People to cancel me, I don't know how many times over Twitter. <laughs> it ain't even Twitter no more. <laughs> oh, it's 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 uh. Twitter Man X. That's, that's what I'm calling it. Dude, I swear when I saw that X, I thought it was Savage Fitting, man. I was like, did he steal that logo? It's like, what the hell? 
Am I buying underwear from Twitter now? Pretty gosh darn dumb. <sighs> it doesn't say retweet anymore. You repost now. It's repost, yeah. Ooh. It's like, okay. Okay. I guess we get to the gentlemen. You know, tangents, tangents, and tangents galore. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should definitely call it. <laughs> yep. Maybe this will end up being a segment, or maybe we'll have some news to throw into it or something. Because uh, we... we Just give uh, us more stone. Give us more stone. <clears throat> more stone. We need to get stoned more. Come on. Rob. Dealer, well, we, need more, we need to get stoned more often. Give us more. So the Japanese broadcast will resume October 12th, which means we'll probably get it on Toonami at the earliest in November. Or we that, just die. I, I I don't think... Honestly, it might not happen until January, and that makes me sad. <laughs> I, I, I would project to January or February, yeah. I don't think February, because... No, you guys yeah. are so optimistic. It's going to be April. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? But CJ, they don't have anything else. No, they don't, and we will like it. Oh gosh! Well, I will I will enjoy two piece for as long as it exists because <laughs> by golly, dress Rosa needs it. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, Does my you. friends can attest. I have had many requests of, hey, can we watch more than one episode of One Piece this week? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if you said no? Every now and then, just... you should just have a marathon of it. I do. Laser, uh, laser. We're actually doing that tomorrow. Laser, make it a hostage negotiation. Be like, oh, <laughs> oh, you want this to end quickly, I see. That's not uh, how this works. We had that problem back during the Paramount War because the, the, the dub had slowed down to a crawl. And we're just sitting here going, we could, but then we're going to run out real fast. I don't want to go too fast. Now I don't care. I'm like, we can get ourselves over to Wano for all I care. <laughs> Again, hostage negotiation. <laughs> nice okay if you have any uh, additional commentary on Dr. Stone or anything else that Toonami's been up to you can email us at podcast at com. you can follow us on facebook.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and on twitter at Toonami Podcast <laughs> You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PodBay, PodBean, Podcast Addict, Radio.com, Spotify, and the TuneIn app. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at SoundCloud.com backslash Podcast. You can also get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter. And read the news, views, and reviews <laughs> on ToonamiFaithful.com. Oh, Lord. Never <laughs> updating the bird app. The bird is indeed the word. The word. It continues <laughs> to be the word. I just love how you keep saying it like that. Just like Twitter. It's just like, mm-hmm. It's like uh, that old grandmother type of thing. Back in my day, we had retweets and we liked it. No, not that. I just mean it's like, you're going to listen to what I say and you ain't going to give me no sass. Oh. That's what Sketch was sounding like. <laughs> you will call right. Twitter or else. You are absolutely right. It's like when Sketch, when you know you need to shut the F up is when Sketch is like annoyed at like troll antics. 
But That's like, true. I'm very quick on the trigger finger. I'm okay with that. But like when Sketch is like, nah, you're done. You that's when it's like, oh, I should probably listen. Yeah, I'd say so. And that's kind of what he was the vibe I was getting from his Twitter of just like, oh, you better call it that, or he's about to open a can of whoop ass on you. That's right. That's right. Ah. Okay. Laser, tell us where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Laser <laughs> Prime. Uh, you can find my uh, Tsunami Focus editorials on Tsunami Faithful. And you can find me frequently guesting on VLord's many podcasts, the uh, VLord podcast universe that I memed into existence. It's true. He did. He made it I happen. joked about it, and now, now VLord actually calls it that. You I, gotta I, be careful about what you joke about. I do, because I'll make things happen. I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. I know. And Mr. Terrell, where can they find you? As always, Ukami Samurai 7 underscore whatever the hell my damn Twitter handle is these days, man. No, I'm just joking. Ukami underscore Samurai 7 at Twitter.com. That's pretty much about it these days, folks. You know, I'm a grown adult now making money, doing adult things. Adulting fucking sucks. So I'm just going to get drunk. Adulting does suck. It do. It do be like that. I need either win the lottery or get me a sugar mama. (laughs) I wouldn't mind getting a sugar mama, though. (laughs) I know, right? I need... I need a slightly younger lady who can kick my ass to do what's important. <laughs> Man, somebody get sketch a goddamn sugar mama. <laughs> or okay, better yet, we're just gonna get him a Sagarin um maternal figure. <laughs> I don't she don't need to make money. I make plenty of good money. That's the only thing that I succeed at. That's not true. You have this podcast. <laughs> yes. And you uh, have me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. How can I how can Bay be my side piece if I don't have a not side piece? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not how this works. works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Before you think about it too hard, CJ, where can they find you? Uh you can find me at Twitter, uh at CJ Maffris. Um and I guess that's it. I mean, you'll see you see my weekly editorials that had to change because Twitter isn't what it used to be, which makes me sad. Those articles lost a lot of personality and I hate it. But eh, the show must go on. We do those. Uh, I don't know who's reviewing Fully Cooly Grunge. I'm going to be missing the first episode when it premieres. So like, uh, that's going to be some trouble. But we'll figure it out. We always do. And yeah, it's pretty much it at least for now okay and you can find me on twitter at tuna (laughs) (laughs) i screwed it up at sketch 1984 and i'm also on blue sky at sketch 1984 see that's the real get i can't get into that i'm not cool enough i i don't know if i have invites to give out i'm not sure where to look for that (laughs) again i'm not cool enough for it if I was cool, I, mean, I wouldn't need it. I mean, obviously, you must be, because even Paul's on there. Nah. 
Oh, pause on there? It's all right. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, folks. He's not no, wrong. He ain't. He ain't. <laughs> Y'all know how I love Paul, man. <laughs> I love Paul like I love being sober. I don't. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, man. I gotta stop. Uh... Boy, oh boy. Well, we hope you enjoyed this actually very short conversation, all things considered. Like We usually talk a longer time about these things, but... Uh, it was I'm just four episodes. Too. Yeah, and it, it was a lot of setup. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, I have no predictions just because, like, I just want to see fucking the thing. That's all. Do, do the thing. Yeah. The thing. You know, they 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 have the platinum they can make unlimited uh, revival fluid. Unless, of course, something bad were to happen to that apparatus. Oh, shame if something were to happen to that apparatus. It'd be a darn shame. I feel like this is foreshadowing. I don't know. I just I, I just it can't be that easy. I mean, it hasn't been easy, but still. The, I, I can't imagine that they only get this far and they already have the solution to reviving the rest of humanity. That that just seems a little far-fetched. They got to they gotta kick the football a little further down the, you know, whatever. The, the pitch. Yeah. Sports metaphors. <laughs> I really had my choice of CJ, you're a sports guy. You're supposed to help me with these. What do you mean? I said it. The pitch. You said it was at the pitch. You know, where they play cricket. Cricket? cricket. <laughs> oh, you gotta understand what a crumpet, crumpet is. is. <laughs> to understand cricket. The fact now that we he understands me. Really Listeners, they understand me now. Oh, playing cricket is actually fun. Oh, God. Sketch, how did we both come to that? I mean, it's it's such a good line. It is a great line. The, the 1990 great TMNT line. movie is so quotable. Oh, yes. That Just, movie was awful. Go sit in the fucking take, corner right now. You take that back. <laughs> take that, 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 you never right say that in my presence. <laughs> I haven't even seen it, and I already know, Sketch. I already know. You haven't seen the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? No. You need to fix this. You you a problem. Go get the bill, CJ. And you live on the East Coast? I do. I do remember seeing the old Mario movie. The better Mario movie. Oh. Apparently the end of this podcast is is, uh, CJ telling the internet, hey, internet, lynch me. <laughs> I have to say it, but I agree with CJ. I actually no. Oh. You know the the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie was a mess, but it was kind of a wonderful it was mess. My it mess. is a wonderful. Okay, I saw it in theaters as a kid. It was a wonderful mess, but to call it better than the new Mario movie, I don't know if I can go that far. It was okay. my mess. Oh, it was my mess too. I have all the action figures for that movie. Wow. I, I got them when I was a kid, and I still have them. 
I only I only ever had Mario and Luigi. That all that reminds. I think I, I was missing mean, Roy. Actually, I have a Mario and Luigi and the Toad, or for the, the the Goombas rather, and then Koopa and Iggy. Wow. Okay. I miss I miss my mess. I I was an action figure guy. Trust the fungus. Trust the fungus. <laughs> yes. Yep. I love I those plumbers. Bye bye. No more dinosaurs. <laughs> Where did you learn to do that? By sitting on my butt all day playing video games. That's where. What's uh, name? Mario. Good line. <laughs> name? Luigi Mario. Mario Mario. Luigi Mario. Take these Marios. <laughs> uh, dystopian Super Mario Brothers movie in the 90s. Did, did anybody expect that? Nope. <laughs> uh, I certainly didn't. I it was on my it, it, it was on my bingo card. It could have been like a lot more grim, but they made them tone it down and they made them make the music all happy and poppy so it doesn't really fit. <laughs> and that's part of the mess. Just <laughs> tonally very inconsistent. <laughs> God bless. God but, effing bless. I mean, for sure. For sure, Bob Hoskins was an amazing Mario. Oh, yes. <laughs> Although I, 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 May he rest in peace. I am always a fan of Lou Albano for Mario. Also, rest in peace. Mm, yes, they were both fantastic. Mario's of my childhood. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about this. The voice of Mario is stepping down. Oh, yeah. We have an ex- we have an extra podcast talking about Mario Brothers. Like, I know he's getting old, but I always thought, like, Frank Damn Welker, it. he'd just keep at it. I did, too. I was actually very surprised. For the longest time, when they got, you know, somebody else for the Mario movie, I'm like, oh, Nintendo. And so when at first with the rumors he was done in the in the games, I'm like, Nintendo, no. But then he's like, oh, no, he's retiring. I'm like, oh. Huh. Nintendo huh. still strong armed him too. Didn't I they? don't, I don't know. At least they're keeping him on payroll. That's the least they can do. Because he probably made more money from those cameos in that one feature length movie than he did for voicing those characters in so many games for decades. Yeah, which is disgusting, by the way. That that's not how it should be. I might be speaking out of turn here, but I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. <laughs> so, hey, at least he got a good paycheck at the end, though. He would have gotten a way better paycheck if he, you know, voiced a principal character in it. If it weren't for those meddling kids. Yeah, <laughs> those meddling kids and executives. <laughs> Same those meddling kids and their mushrooms, too. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how they go f- ahead with this because they'll probably do it like like looney tunes and disney characters and try to approximate they already have if you heard that trailer yeah. for super mario wonder that's not him are we sure it's not him I mean, <laughs> he's pulling the john cena I, are we I, sure about this that point, i'd say so people were pretty pretty heavily considering it wasn't him and then he's like oh yeah i retired it's like well, that's probably not him uh well i'm not gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, the game looks good to me. It definitely Sketch has principles. I it like definitely it. sours my uh, 
my anticipation for this game if if he's if he's not in it. But you don't want to be an elephant anymore. <laughs> Man, did that create a lot of <clears throat> fan art? <laughs> I feel like you're making a joke that I'm not old enough. Fan to art. Yeah, the fan artists will always find a way. I'm gonna look it up. Oh boy. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening anymore, chat. <laughs> uh, I I think our listeners are probably confused at this point. Probably. I'm uh, looking it okay. up. So are, so are we. I mean, God. <laughs> I don't think he's actually seeing anything. He's just no, I'm not, no. yeah, no, I'm not seeing a damn thing. Because if he, he actually was seeing something, he probably would have a loss for words. <laughs> I would have a, a frog in my throat, and an I, either that or he'd be like, "Oh, that's not that big a deal." Look, I'm not saying it's all pornographic in nature. <laughs> I think it's all like right. that. Uh, it's like that meme with uh, that woman that starts off words, or no, that basketball player, Alonzo Mourning, where he's like st- st- nodding his head a little bit more and more. It's just like, you know what? All right, all right. I like it. I like it. Oh boy. I'm hip. Yeah. I, I'm cool. I can dig it. Yeah. Can you dig it, sucker? Maybe. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a while to get used to Charles Martinet being no longer the voice of Mario, Luigi, Wario, especially in Waluigi. It is going to be difficult, but I've been through it before, so I'll just be like, OK, here we are. Here we go again. But like I said, glad he's still on the payroll because they didn't have to do that. <laughs> no, that is rather nice of them. Definitely feels like a silver medal, though. Yeah. But, hey, if it legitimately is becoming hard for him to do those voices, and they could be straining, I, I don't doubt it. Age comes for us all. Except Frank Welker, apparently. Frank Welker is just Still like voicing Fred Jones, a teenage boy. He's a Highlander. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> And you never hear any drama about Frank Welker. You just, you never do. I did yesterday. You lie. (laughs) He knows me, chat. (laughs) Well, that's a lie. (laughs) I've known CJ long enough to know that's a lie. (laughs) He knows me. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Well. Let's actually end this. So thank you for listening (laughs) to that additional tangent and the prior conversation and all our prior conversations and and all. And my color commentary. And Darrell's colored commentary, which I know you come for. (laughs) Share this episode with your rich friends, as Sketch used to say. Oh, yeah. Share it with your rich friends. Yeah. And if you know any woman that wants to be my sugar mama... Uh, oh, that's who we should be. For, for Darrell and Sketch, Sugar Mamas, come on down. <laughs> All right, I know what I said, but I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say no to a Sugar Mama. <laughs> right. I mean, who would? I would. It, do you know how hard it is to save money in this economy? I what? would, Sketch. It's ridiculous. 
So, so yeah. enjoy enjoy this episode. We've all lost our freaking marbles. Yes. 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 I assume yes, I have. ever had any. <laughs> marbles. It's marbles so, uh, around here. Until next time, folks. Stay platinum. Hey, I get that. I understood that reference. Deuces. If Aaron Yeager was on Twitter, the rumbling would already be gone.